What is happening, everybody? We're back again. Another episode of the Off-Track Experience. Get to sit down this week with actually a mate of mine that I met down at the bars in Burley. So we're just we're grabbing everyone. We're grabbing if you're near the bars, if you're on the street, <laughs> if you're anywhere, we're just going to grab and have a chat with you. But a big thing with the podcast, if I meet someone kind of anywhere and I get along with them and I feel like they've got a good message to send or they're just generally an all-around good person or feel positive, I'm like, come have a chat with me. Let's let's spread that. Let's Let's get it out there. So I don't really want to just focus in on people that just race bikes or just do something in the kind of public sphere or like notoriety. So I want to, I want to venture out and kind of get people that I think have a cool story and just share that with everyone. So Cato Sibthorpe, I'm probably, I probably messed up that last name and he's, he, we actually talk about it in the thing. It's um this Greek God that his dad named him after or someone went up against a Greek Roman empire. I'm already reckoning it, but yeah, you'll hear about it in a little bit, but yeah, we sit down, chat about all things, Mas- with the masculine feminine kind of debate going back and forth and kind of toxic masculinity and toxic femininity and how it's more or less just all bullshit that we need to stop focusing on and kind of just actually just treat each other right and stop kind of using that as kind of like a broader umbrella term to just kind of label people in certain boxes and kind of instead of that actually just look at the actions they're doing and just be better people for it so we go into that we go into kind of his role with kids and just being a good role model and being in gymnastics and the role models that played a positive effect on his life when he was growing up and obviously some some trauma and stuff layered in with that as well and kind of why he does what he does uh, we go into manifestation and <laughs> he actually goes into t- how talking to aliens and how we're not alone and everything else but now we go into a, a fair few uh different different rabbit holes and yeah, I think we have a really good chat and really enjoy doing these things, especially with new people I've just met. So I hope you guys enjoy it too. Before we get into it though, I need to ask you guys a favor. If you guys could go onto whatever listening, streaming platform you have and just leave a review, that would help me no end. People keep asking me how they can help. The biggest thing, if you can leave a review or share it on Instagram and tag the off-track experience, like that's how this podcast grows that how that's how you can give back and help me in some way so if you do that would really appreciate it every little bit helps and yeah just kind of grows this a little bit more and kind of makes it a little bit better and makes it gives me the opportunities to kind of grow it and turn it into something that i think it could be so really would appreciate that guys so here you go enjoy the podcast anything outside like i can just like actually be my own my own thought sort of thing yeah you get stuck in your head yeah exactly yeah. like I, I can yeah i can think better yeah I, i've done it with people and some people they're real nervous at the start yeah and then they get into it and then they're actually like because you block out everything yeah, else 100%. you're like okay we're in this world for yeah. this little amount of time and yeah. then everything else is kind of out of yeah, it yeah 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 and the audio is so crisp yeah <laughs> it's so nice because you're saying you've got the same mic and set up as, we've as got the this. same mic we've got the same arms we just don't have these yeah we just talk in the room but the room's pretty good yeah yeah but like, do you prefer the yeah i much prefer the experience this yeah is when you're nicer. when you're in it yeah oh, for sure this is great especially i think when you've got a like a four people on sitting down to do it because mm. then obviously if you're all kind of spread out but you can hear each other yeah exactly perfectly clear yeah, then you yeah, don't have yeah. to like yell or like no. the audio doesn't change yeah yeah. It's like it feels like you're right next to them, but yeah, you could be over in the other room or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you're just in yeah, your own head. Good. I did one with a friend of mine that's actually got um he had hearing damage in one of his ears. Really? And he's French, so 
English obviously isn't his first language, but when he put these on that he could hear clearly, he actually said like it was so much easier to speak and hear because he could like, it just took out that little bit of like mumbling or whatever that he would get. Probably made him feel more confident too. I swear a lot of foreigners feel real unconfident with English. Yeah. So he probably felt more confident like speaking. Mm. That's awesome though. That's funny you say that because I've got a niece and have you heard of like grommets that they put in your ears that help with hearing? I never heard of it oh, either. Are those little like twirly things? I'm I'm not honestly I have no clue. I just yeah. I only heard about this the other day, but yeah. she um she couldn't hear properly. Yeah. And I thought like she's just a kid, she's just mumbling and finding words and she's just a kid. Yeah. Anyway, they took her to the um they're like, No, she should be speaking properly now. So they took her to the hospital and they're like, No, she needs to get grommets put in. She got grommets put in. She's a completely different person now. She as soon as I saw her, she was like speaking clearly, she'd come up. She wow. was always nervous to see me. Wow. Well, she was nervous to see everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they put these in, and now she's like the happiest chilled out person <laughs> you've ever seen. So much, yeah, about. yeah. No, it was it was it I was really cool videos. to see actually. You see those videos on like Facebook or Instagram or something, and you see them like put in the you know new glasses for the first time or something like that, and they yeah. just absolutely lose it. They're like, "Wow, this is so." Yeah. It's like that ad. It's like what is, I forgot. It's like the World Vision ad. Where it's like he yeah. said he can see quite clearly now. Or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, a guy yeah, helping yeah. out, like oh, giving vision. Oh, oh, the Fred Hollows Foundation. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's probably the real famous one. Mm-hmm. It's like, what did he say? What did he say? You yeah. said he can see quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, man. Yeah. All right, anyway, I'll introduce you. Um, I'm probably going to butcher your last name. It's Cato. How do you pronounce the last Cato Sibthorpe. Cato Sibthorpe. Everyone made my last name. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's, what is it? Superthorpe. Sib. Sibthorpe. Sibthorpe. Like S I B and Thorpe is the last name. It's it's a it's a Scottish last name. Scottish okay. Scottish last name, Roman first name. True. Yeah. I was gonna say I like the first name. Okay. Yeah, dad's all into the Greek history and stuff. Greek and Roman history. Yeah. There was a um a Roman philosopher and he was challenging the Caesar's rule at the time. Mm. And he was just disagreeing with his philosophy and his law and he was basically just going full head on with a Caesar. And if you went on with a Caesar, it was like, you're either going to die or you have to have a pretty good argument. And he, you know, made some ground against him. I can't remember what happened to him in the end, but yeah, my dad just liked the story and he was like, Cato. Yeah, yeah sick. Yeah. yeah. I don't think mum had a choice in that one. <laughs> yeah. She's like, this is what's happening. Yeah, this is it. That's cool. Cato. I was going to say, you need to find out what happened to him in the end. Yeah, I, ne- I do need to read up on that story. It's kind of like <laughs> when you tell a joke and you don't finish it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the start, but yeah. it then needs some work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so we met down at the um, the beach gym in yeah. Burley, yeah. just opposite like the pavilion there. Mm. And I, th- I can't remember exactly. So I, I think you were helping kids down there when I yeah. when I met. So you yeah, you obviously yeah. worked down there yeah. helping with like it was like gymnastics. Yeah, or yeah. So I set up my own business. Probably this, this is my third year now. So I'm going mm. my third year of business down there, and I have always been a coach since I was about 15. So I started competitive gymnastics when I was 13, and yeah, just loved it. Fell in love with it. I really mm. went hard. You know, when I first started, I was jumping in with kids who were half my size. So I was this big, tall, lanky kid jumping in with little kids and most people don't start late because it's too embarrassing they don't want to be seen with little kids but not me i was like oh i'm so care. happy to be here i love this so i jumped in and yeah basically when i was 15 they offered me a job and i was like done i'll get a job and just coached all throughout my gymnastics career so i just competed and coached the whole time and then uh, stopped competing when i was 18 what was the job they gave you just as a coach, bro. Just to help. Yeah, just they to said, help oh, you can, you can coach and you had to go get like a coaching accreditation and everything and, you know, yeah. you learn how to teach the skills. And I think because I was so, I, was, I, I, I leveled up really fast. 
in that in that skill, yeah. Like I remember walking in there being like, Oh, I'll never catch up to those kids mm. and I caught up to them so quickly. Well I, I guess the fact them. you were teaching as well, that's a massive factor. If you can teach someone something, that's gonna help you progress so much quicker. I agree, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I started coaching fifteen and now it's been like almost a decade. And I just worked for heaps of places between like Gold Coast and Brisbane and I got really good and then I started watching what the manager was doing and then I would start doing what the manager was doing and started coaching other coaches and I put a levels program together and then I think COVID hit and I lost one of my jobs because, yeah, the, the, the boss sort of said, hey, look, if you want to go and do this self-development thing that I wanted to do, then mm. you've got to leave. And I was like, oh, that's kind of lame. but Gave a bit right. of an ultimatum of like, <laughs> what you're yeah. going to do. I was like, I'm not staying then. I'm going to go and, you know, develop myself. Yeah. And then... Yeah, when did this thing, and then when I was there, I was like, oh, I'll just go and start my own business then. And so I literally just went and started my own business, and it's been like, it's my third year now, and the goal is to just get a residual. Yeah. So, yeah, the kids at the bars is good. So, good. and you just travel around and kind of, that that's that's your main gig now? Yeah, like, bro, it wasn't for ages. Like, for, for a long time, it was just a way of me trying to make money on the side, because I had heaps of jobs at one point. Mm. I had, like, five jobs. And just a range of different things. A range of random stuff, bro. I was doing <laughs> like, like what? Go, go through <laughs> some oh, of them. Oh, bro. I was, <laughs> I was doing... One of the things I was doing was um, doing like parkour coaching at this like kids, um, kids and adults Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym. And then I had a cafe job at this like wedding place. And then I was doing this like bus service to pick up kids after school. A lot of it was kids. I had a gelato job. Yeah. At the same time, so I was scooping gelato, I worked in that place, and then on the weekends I'd go and do like, like um, men's entertainment, like Magic Men. <laughs> really? Yeah, bro. I was like taking my shirts off with like forty-year-old mamas, and that's a, that's such a contrast oh, of bro, like. It was so funny going to work on like Monday and picking up these kids from school, like, "Hey, Johnny, how are you, mate?" And then on the weekends, I'm probably bloody looking at his mum. Yeah, I was gonna say his mum picks him up, and he's like, "Wait, I know you from somewhere." Yeah. I'm like, "You don't know me at all, miss." He's like, "Aren't you a fireman?" Yeah, yeah I was like, mm, "Those handcuffs aren't mine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I was like doing all that shit at once And then I was doing the Movement Academy at the same time So I was living in Tweed Yeah And driving up to Burley So that was Yeah, it was fun, eh? That was good Was, was it good. Was it enjoyable just having such a diverse it range was, of eh? jobs Just to be like never really get bored with one thing? It was, like for a while it felt pretty pointless Because I was like, <laughs> like you feel so good doing all, all this stuff And it was like, mm. oh, what do you do for work? I was like, well <laughs> Take a seat. Sit down. Yeah, yeah sit down. <laughs> yeah. What don't I do for work? Oh, man. Oh, but, yeah, but at the same time, it was very, it was fulfilling because it was fun. It was yeah. just fun. Like, I was doing heaps of stuff. I was earning pretty decent money and, like, I don't know, for a 22-year-old at the time, I was earning pretty good money. So, it was, it was fun. But, yeah, I think, like, it did get to a point where I was like, okay, what direction am I actually well, that's the thing. It's hard to bi- it's hard to build off that, isn't it? To actually go like, yeah. do you want to actually put time into one of those things yeah. or none of them? Yeah, exactly. And then I was I was doing coaching on the side as well, like 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 sort of like life coaching because I came out of an NLP course and I was doing life coaching. So I was doing heaps of stuff. So it was it was yeah, I was it was really in that stage of like I hadn't decided on like following anything. Mm. And the Movement Academy, to be honest, like. I really struggled with committing to the Movement Academy. So now the kids, the kids training is what I've committed to. Like, as why, a why do you business. think it was hard for you to commit to? It, it was so hard, man, because I really judged what I was doing. Mm. Like, I really looked at working with kids in the capacity that I was doing it as like it was. I felt like people would judge me, but it was 
really just my own judgment on myself. Like, mm. I was just looking at myself going, oh, you know, this is not cool. This is not as good or big. I had friends that were, you know, doing marketing or real estate, and I thought that was all cool. Mm. And here I am working with kids, but, like... I when think realistically, that's probably the most fulfilling thing you can do. It was so fulfilling, man. I've changed like kids' lives. You know what I mean? Like I have parents who thank me, and they yeah. they don't want me to stop. They want me to keep going. So it was, yeah, it was, it was very conflicting, and and my business didn't grow for a long time, and I was like really upset going to work, thinking, oh, this is so unfulfilling. But then I'd had the best time at work, and it would be like really conflicting. Mm. And so once I sort of let go of that crap of like oh it's not good enough and realize how good it actually is and help from a mentor even helped me realize like you do realize that this business is helping you grow in your business skills and as a person like all at the same time mm. you know like helping you earn money for yourself like i haven't worked for anyone for over a year and earn money from yourself like m- most young people don't do that you're learning how to do business you're trying to grow a business you know you've got a much bigger uncapped income because of what you're doing Mm. um this is not shameful at all like you know you should really have a think about why you think that way and i did and now like it's easy to commit to the business because it's like oh i actually realize i'm doing a really good thing here and i actually really enjoy what i'm doing and like i respect myself whereas before i I thought people wouldn't respect me because it's like oh i'm just a gymnastic coach i'm just a i'm just a coach but it's like no i'm actually like a business owner this is my life this is Mm everything I do. So I had to really, it was really hard to find meaning in that. It's that story you tell yourself that like, I'm not good enough. And then you start comparing yourself to your yeah. friends that are down this other path yeah. where they're probably working a job where, yeah, they get money. They probably look successful, but they're like, they're, they're deep down, they're just crunching numbers and going through the same mundane shit every day. For sure. But For like sure. you said, you can change a kid's life every day in a, in a certain sense, I guess. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was, that was, re- that, yeah, it was just tough, man. And I think, like, had I had figured that out a few years ago, I'd be a lot further than where I am right now. But my business is really starting to take off now mm. because of the, I don't do, I don't do anything else. And if something gets offered to me, I used to be like, yeah, oh, that's great. Let me do that for money. Let me do the, all oh, these money opportunities coming up. But it's like, I don't, I say say no now mm. because I just, I'm not interested in, taking myself away from what I'm currently doing. I mm. kind of see I kind of look at business like a relationship with a chick like if you've got your mind on t- too many different things at once, it's like it's very difficult to manage whereas if you've just got the one girl or the one business mm. and you commit to that all the way through, mm. then you'll get the best results, you have the most satisfaction and I think like well, you only have so much yeah. time in the day to really spread that energy throughout yeah. what you're doing. Like yeah. I struggled with that, with my racing and honestly creating this podcast. And that was, like I said before, when I didn't put much effort into it, it was okay because I could balance both of them. But as soon as I started putting more effort into it, Mm. then like something's always going to kind of come up a bit short. So true. So I think it's like either how you can balance it so you you know how much to put in. And then Mm. honestly, man, a massive thing for me now is outsourcing. Mm. Like I'm outsourcing a guy now to produce this, to edit it, to do all that. Yeah, that's cool. And it's like, yeah, it costs a bit more money, but Mm. I get the freedom to then put back into my racing, which is obviously the the prime income and and focus. So it's like with that, it's like, okay, there's these other things, but if you could outsource Mm. it with other people or find a way to actually work that, then it's like, okay, now everything can work in unison. 
It's interesting though. It's like you get a new challenge, and it's like there's always a solution, though. Hey, yeah, there's always a solution. No, there's a thing. Um, do you know Harry Bink? He's oh, like yeah. a freestyle yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. a thing he says, and he's like another level, another devil. Yeah, yeah. And I hear that with like there was a popular coaching term as well. Mm. Yeah, and I love that because it's like no matter how far you succeed, there's always something else that's going to be an issue, and like it could be like. You know when someone's like, it's a good problem to have, mm. but it's still a problem? Yeah. It's like... I had a coach who used to always say, S- um, new level, same devil. Yeah. Because she would always say, like, f- like for her and for a lot of other people that she would coach, every time they leveled up in their business or in their life or something, the same thing would rear its head. It might be a new situation, but the same thing. So say, like, your core wound, for example, is I'm not good enough. And then a new challenge comes up and it's like, oh, that same problem of, oh, this is too hard. I'm not good enough to achieve this problem. Mm. Sort of like, again, you go to the, you get through it, you go to the next problem. It's like a new level, but it's like that same, fuck, am I really good enough to do this? Am I really yeah. good enough? And it's like that same problem. And I think if more people could realise that, it's always going to, sort of be there in the back of your mind and it almost gives you the confidence to go okay there's a process to get through this how do I get through it last mm. time like how can I sort of overcome this and yeah, solve this problem again mm. you know? well I think it's like you have to put in whatever you're doing the work to then like look back and yeah. look at all the stuff you've done and be like oh I can do this because I have done it in the past yeah exactly and the evidence to yeah, say that you've yeah. done it already it's like undeniable it's like I, yeah. always, I was talking to a friend the other day and it's like you just want to make a massive mass equation to equal the thing you want. Mm. So it's like if I train, if I go around good people, if I meditate, if I go to the gym, if I yeah. do this, if, like, if you add all that up, yeah. that can only really equal one thing. Yeah, 100%. So it's like make your equation equal the thing you want. I'm big on that. And you were talking about that even before we came in here. Like you were saying like basically the vibe and the sum of all the things you do is going to attract what you did. Because I walked in here looking at this place going, this is so dope. Yeah. And yeah. you were saying that you basically, you know, you, you felt like you attracted this for sure and you added to it really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's my big thing now within friendships, relationships, just in general, like be that attractive that people want to be around you. Yeah, for sure. And stop trying to change other people, other yeah. things, other places to, to fit what you think, but mm. just become that attractive within yourself that people want that energy around them and they yeah. will like pull you into it yeah for sure like that's the thing now it's like I've all, I, I had an issue in relationships where I think I would like fall in love with the potential of the person mm. and I for example I had a girlfriend that smoked and I hated that she smoked mm. and I'd try and change that and it's just like you're either with them bec- and if they smoke they smoke that's the yeah. thing and, like, and I realised that after we split up that I was like I was trying to change you to fit the person that I wanted you to be yeah. when now it's like I'm just going to be with the person that I want to be with yeah, with yeah. their flaws with their or the positives and negative, it's like all of it, you take all of that yeah. and then it's like that's what you've got and you've got to love that person for that, not yeah. what you think, oh, I can alter something that they do to fit into my life. I'm like yeah. that's bullshit. Yeah, for sure. That's like, a hard one, eh? It is a tricky one, well, especially yeah. when it's something, I guess, related to health in a way. So mm. it's like from the outside, it's like it would be better if you didn't smoke. But yeah, for who, sure. am I, who am I to t- say what you do and that's don't so do? That's so interesting, man. So that's so interesting. I had a girl tell me with her partner that he – he was oh, interesting actually he was a smoker as well mm. and she said you know she never would have gone for a guy like that but he was a great person but he smoked mm. and he wasn't super into self-development he wasn't super into all this sort of stuff and she said she just never changed him she just loved him 
And then she never judged him. She never said anything because she just truly felt like she loved this guy. And over time, without her even having to say anything, he'd just be like, oh, yeah, I stopped smoking. Mm. Oh, yeah, I started reading this book. I started journaling. Hey, just to let you know. And she was just like so amazed because she never got upset with him and never, you know, made him feel like he wasn't good enough because he was different. And I think that's a trap that I can definitely fall Mm. into. Even in like my current relationship, it's like, wow, that's like that's a good lesson you've just shared with me there. You mm. know, it's like, yeah, wow. How often do we love for the potential or love someone to change them or yeah. you know? Like once you get far enough in, it's going, Oh, wait a second, like they're actually like this. They're not gonna yeah. change because I want them to. Exactly. You know? And people are never gonna change until they're ready to change. As mm. much as like I always would try and give advice and like ways of like, Hey, maybe look at this or like put it out there, Mm. but don't be like unique. Cause I like, for example, my brother, I was always trying to get him to lose weight and be healthier Mm. and exercise and all these things. And I was kind of like pushing it on him in a way. And like, I, it came from a place of love, but at the same time, you're just trying to force your values onto someone else is not Mm. okay. Anyway, eventually I made him a deal. I was like, look, if you do something, I'll do something for you. Anyway, mm. I told him, if you delete all social media for a little, because he was on his phone all the time, you delete all social media, I'll write you a training program with a heap of different things in it. So I'm like, I want to see some, I want to see someone <laughs> out of you before I get, because I'm like, so anyway, he, de- he deleted it. I was yeah. like, oh shit, you've actually done it. So I wrote him a training program with like exercise, meditation, all this stiff breath work, food yeah. prep, everything. Yeah. And it was funny because he didn't actually gravitate towards the exercise as much, but he gravitated towards the meditation. Really? And now he meditates way more than me and he's actually really? way more spiritual person, but he just got attached yeah, to that, which yeah, was cool yeah. to see. But it was like mm. the whole thing, if you put it there for mm. them to see, but you can't just be like, you need to do this, you need to do that. Because I think instantly people put up walls. Yeah. So it's like if you can give them the advice and kind of give them a bit of a pathway and a little bit of a push, they should be able to figure it out on their own. And if they don't, that's okay as well. Yeah. But don't be like, you need to change for whatever reasons to fit into my life in a better way. Cause I think that's just kind of shit that we all, like, I'm guilty of it. I'm sure a yeah, lot of other people sure, have been guilty of it as well. For sure, for sure, for sure. It's that judgment. It's that projection of, mm. well, for me, it's always that, you know, it's like, you're not good enough cause you're not doing this. Like yeah. I'll judge you because you're not doing the things that I think you should be doing mm. instead of just sort of looking at them as a whole and being like, Oh, you know, like, I love you. You're yeah. all good. Yeah. I'm going to keep watching you and do what you do. And like, fuck, I'm always here. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I'm interested and I want to understand you better mm. instead of trying to force things on you. Because chances are, if I just keep doing what I think, do and, you know, it makes me happy, you mm. might watch that and be like, oh, what makes him so happy? Mm. And maybe want to change that way. Mm. Well, I think it's positive reinforcement as well. Mm. Like the whole, you're mm. saying about the friends that um, there was a smoker and then he figured out his own. But like, mm. if you're not telling someone not to smoke, but if you go out and they don't smoke or something, just, just be excited. Be like, oh, my God, it's so good you didn't yeah, smoke. Like, yeah, oh, my God, yeah, like, give yeah. them, like, hugs, kisses. Like, just, oh, you smell so nice. You don't smell like cigarettes. That's oh, that's so amazing. True. Like, show affection. That's so true, Like, man. reinforcing it as a positive instead of being like, oh, you're smoking again. And, like, that's you make so them true. feel – because as soon as you make them feel negative for smoking, what do you, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to feel down yeah, and then they're going to sure. feel anxious and then they're going to smoke again. For sure, for sure. It's a, it's a vicious cycle. Interesting. Like, with kids as well, like – when they do something right, I'll give them so much positive reinforcement. Mm. You know, if they do a skill right or something like that, it's like, yeah, you've done so well. <laughs> well, didn't you give a kid 20 bucks the other day? Cause I he... did give him 20 <laughs> bucks, yeah. <laughs> so I come down and you're doing like a training uh, thing with this young kid 
And the kid just goes, I just got 20 bucks. And I was like, why'd you get 20 bucks? And he's like, oh, I did this thing that I hadn't done yeah, before. Yeah. And I was like, there you go. Yeah, like, yeah, that's some positive reinforcements. For the record, not all kids get money when they do something <laughs> good in my classes. It's a one-off. Just bribe Yeah, if you do this, I'll give you this one, mate. Oh. No, it was a good achievement. But to be yeah. fair, you probably got the 20 bucks off his mum for that dance you did for her the night before. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking, yeah, I'm fair. joking, I'm yeah, joking. She was, yeah, she's like, that's the reason, that's the real reason the kid comes down. Oh, cycle of life yeah 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 what goes around comes around mate yeah oh man i've got some funny stories from that stuff oh we can dive something we can dive into those as well oh for sure man but um before we get into those Mm. um with working with kids and you're saying um the fulfillment and stuff you get out of it did you feel like you had really good role models growing up to kind of kind of so interesting hey yeah my my main role models were my coaches mm. when I was a kid, for sure. Like, when I was a little kid, when I was 11 to 12, like, this is before competitive gymnastics, I did rec, which is just, like, a couple of hours a week. And I had this coach called Tulsa. And to me, he was just the fucking man. He was just so cool. He would he He had this big group of us. I remember going... F- you know, for three hours on every Saturday, and he was just so cool. He was, like, in his late 20s, and he just knew how to be a boy but a man. You know, he mm. knew how to have fun with us and just he didn't judge us. We were allowed to be silly, but he would pull us up and put us in line, and he got us stronger. He taught us skills. He taught us how to do flips and tricks, and, you know, it was just, it was just everything was just so fun with him. And I think he was a he was a role model, you know. Like I think a role model you can consider anyone that you look forward to seeing. That's like mm. takes a mentorship role, you mm. know. Like it was, it helps you progress as a person in some way. Yeah, like in hindsight, I think just I think just it was so good having someone who just I didn't feel judged with. I just felt like I could be a young boy and be a spastic, you know, and just be myself. And mm. I didn't always feel like I could be that. You just felt and comfortable for sure. I felt comfortable, and I felt like the whole culture was about like just being yourself and it was yeah all the guys that went just real great friends because none of us felt like we couldn't be ourselves and I think that was just a great culture to breed Mm. you know and it was productive and we got to learn a lot we learned a lot of skills we learned a lot about ourselves and yeah that was the first real mentor I had and then funnily enough the second mentor I had was like the then my next coach when I went into competitive gymnastics he was just like a very successful ex-gymnast from um, the UK, from Britain. And he was just so cool, you know, because he made me feel so confident in myself because anything that I was learning, he'd be like, yep, we'll get it, we'll get it, no problem. If I was worried about something, he'd be like, we'll get it, don't worry, I'll teach you, do this, do that. There was never any, like, umming and erring about my potential or if I could or if I couldn't, where other coaches would in the gym, like, be like, you can't, you'll never get this, you'll never get that. And he mm. was never, ever like that. He was like, 100%, you can do this. It's like unbridled belief. Yeah, because he's like, I did it. I'll teach you how to do it. Mm. I'll teach you how to do it. And I think, like... That's powerful, man. As yeah. for, for a kid, to just, like, that's the thing I'm learning more and trying to, like, instill on people mm. that I'm helping is just, like, you can. 100%. You can do it. 100%. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a good energy to have, a great energy to have, because... I think when someone has that in themselves, 
it just takes off all the walls, you know? Like, mm. there's no there's no walls anymore. There's nothing that can hold anyone back once you start telling them things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really, Especially really as a kid. Yeah, for sure. Like, as, a, as like, a like before you're even a teenager, but obviously as a teenager as well, but from, like, 10, 11, 12, mm. like, when you start to kind of, I guess, putting energy into a thing that you want to progress yeah. in. Yeah, And you've got people around you saying, like, I... I I come back to this, but you look at um, a really good example of this is like Mike Tyson and Customato, mm. the boxing, mm, like mm, the, obviously mm, the boxer. So he was like almost brainwashed in a way, saying like you're going to be world champion, you're going to be the, you're going to be a killer, yeah. you're going to be yeah, like yeah, 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 the yeah. best fighter in the world, like all this stuff. And like he was, yeah. But like he got that drilled into him, mm. and probably some could say maybe <laughs> too much in a way. Mm, but mm, obviously mm. that really depends on the, I guess, how you actually. Deliver I mean, in, it. in terms of in terms of the actual intent of what they were trying to do, I think they succeeded. They did for sure. Yeah. But I'm saying I'm like, if you're telling a kid like you're oh. gonna be a killer, you're yeah. gonna be a, like that can be a bit heavy. But <laughs> yeah. in the same like aspect of like, if you're telling a gymnast like you can do these tricks, you can do whatever mm. you want. Like mm. you can, literally like mm. one thing that I'm really grateful for was my. Um, that was something that I guess my dad instilled in me. He's like, yeah. you can do whatever you want. Yeah, right. And it's like, I don't care what you do, but you, like, you'll like you be able to do something great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I touched on this all the time, but it was something that I didn't even realise at the time, but he was an inventor. Mm. And when I was a kid, I saw him build a helicopter out of boxes in, his, in our shed. Yeah, right. And that was like, and then learned how to fly at the same time. So he was like, to see that, that's the kind of like environment mm. that I grew up in, seeing someone that could do something like yeah, that sure. and go, oh shit, like... What can I do then? Yeah, for and sure. And like having that role model. How is good. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that obviously that was a similar thing with your coaches. They can be like, you can do this trick. Yeah. I'm, I believe in you. you That's can do that. awesome. But it's like interesting how like, like at the t- you wouldn't have been thinking, oh, what can I do now? No, you no, just no. Would have been unconscious looking at it, being yeah. like, nice. Like, yeah. I already believe in myself that I can do things like that. Just having people around you that are doing like m- taking the actions that are doing really cool things, mm. I think would make you feel like. You could, well, they're just you, outside of the box, man. Yeah, because you don't have like a typical career at all. I don't think any sports person has like the typical career. I think it's no. pretty cool, like to be able to make a living off a sport that you go and like have fun with. Of course, it's got its challenges and things like that. Mm. You mentioned them the other day, but like, I think that's pretty incredible. You know, mm. like to be able to go out and fucking ride a bike down a hill at high speed and earn money from it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> it's dude, a bit that's, of a trip. It's so cool. It's like what. I think that's epic. But I think it's like, yeah, like I said, like a lot of sports yeah. in general. It's like, especially I think individual sports, mm. I think it, the pressure becomes a bit more on you because I, like I played football when I was younger and like when you're in a team sport, mm. like you can have a shit game and you can still win the game by 50 points. Yeah. But like when you're an individual sport, like there's no hiding. Oh man. It's not like, yeah, 100%. You're in like a room of mirrors and you can say everything. 100%. And like that's one thing when you're in that environment when it's like, yeah. All the eyes are on you, yeah. and you don't perform. It's like yeah. no one else is to blame. You 100%, can't, and you can have the best day with one fuck up, and then that takes you off the position or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that feeling. It's, <laughs> it's. I'm it's, sure you know that feeling. Very I, well. When it when it pays off, man, it's the best thing in the world yeah, because then you also know that like you have a team of people around you, but mm. like in that moment, you're the one that's got to perform. Yeah. And when you do perform, it's like shit. I just yeah, I, pu- yeah, I pulled that yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of eyeballs on you at times, and. Mm. I love it, honestly. The more pressure, the better. Yeah, the more people sure. are watching, the more pressure, the more... I think the feeling's way better as well. Yeah. I'd prefer to have the bigger high and the bigger low than, like, <laughs> you know, less eyes and then just, like, oh, only this many people watch me win or lose. Yeah. I'd, yeah, I'm with you for sure. Peaks or troughs, man. Yeah, because a, big, a bigger trough is going to make you bounce back up if you've got the right mindset. 
Exactly. You know? Yeah. I think we would definitely have the right mindset for that sort of thing. Yeah. And then a lot of the time is like, <laughs> I always look at this now, whenever shit hits the fan mm. and I'm in like, I'm in a bad place mentally, physically, whatever. I'm always like, I sit in it now and go, what am I going to learn from this? Yeah. And as soon as I go into that mentality of thinking like, yeah, it's going to hurt. You're going to feel it for a while. Mm. and It's going to suck. But then as soon as you have that shift in your mindset, like, what am I going to get out of this? What is this going to teach me? And you yeah. start going forward with that. Like I compare it to like, it's like a life vest. Like mm. you're still in the ocean. You're still like, mm. you're still by yourself. You're a bit lost, but you've mm. got your life vest on. So Mike, you're not going to go under the water. Yeah, for you're just sure. going to float around for a while. And then eventually someone's going to come find you. and You're going to get out yeah, of that shitty yeah, situation. Yeah. That but self-belief. Hey, like yeah. I've got this. I believe in myself. I know I can get through this sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause I always say it's so often that you look back at your past and you'll see like a really hard time that you've had. And then you'll fast forward to just say now and you'll be like, Oh shit that actually was the best thing that ever happened to me. 100%. And it got me out of it and it got me talking to this person who's now my best friend that then introduced 100%. me to this girl that's now my wife that is now I have these kids, but it all started with that mm. that shitty little thing back then. And that and so it's like, it's a whole, you heard like the whole Chinese farmer story about like, it, you don't oh, know if good it's... Good luck, bad luck, who knows? You, well, that's a, yeah, that's the thing. He's yeah. like something bad. It's a whole idea and I always preach on about this because I think it's such a powerful thing to get people out of a bad mindset or even... Mm make them appreciate a good mindset is the fact that you don't know if something is good or bad until it plays out. Yeah. And it plays out when I believe you die. And even yeah, after that, yeah, you don't yeah, know. Yeah, 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 but yeah, the whole yeah. thing is like, okay, I just, just say I broke my leg. Worst day of my life, blah, blah, blah. You go to the hospital, you meet a nurse. Mm. Then she ends up becoming, becoming your wife. And then you have three beautiful kids and then your life's amazing. Mm. So that worst day of your life is now turning the best day of your life. But mm. then like it could go either either. And that's yeah, constantly sure. swinging back and forth. And it's also like what you decide to make of it, I think as well. Exactly. I yeah. think we can place meaning on anything. You know mm. what I mean? Like you could have broken your leg, been in the shittest attitude ever and so, you know, such a mess about it. And that girl could have walked in, potentially a future wife, and you could have cooked it because you were too yeah. up in your own mind, you know? Yeah. It's super interesting. But even that could be the best thing that ever happened in another sense, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you just, it's just, it just goes on, eh? Yeah. It's, I think you've just got to go through life with this kind of optimism of it's yeah. all kind of going to work out eventually. Yeah, if it's you happening ca- for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a big... When I got into... um self-development i got into nlp that was the major thing that they talked about all the time what's nlp neuro-linguistic programming yeah it's essentially like how you can rewire your brain and rewire your beliefs a lot of it has to do with going into your past you know like for example even though we're breaking away a bit here but like it for example a lot of traditional counseling will dig up and deal with things on the surface you know say you know you're having a real trouble in your relationship or something like that and they're trying to dig into the last couple of arguments when in reality your mum was heavily distant and didn't love you as a kid Mm. or something like that and so you're super codependent on your partner but they don't dig into that they'll dig into the last few arguments and give you strategies for next argument Mm. but nlp will take you to the source and say this is exactly what's going on. Let's change your beliefs when you're a kid that you're still holding on to because most people aren't getting results in their life because of the condition they had when they were a kid. Mm. So essentially that's what NLP looks at. Because I've heard a thing, most people strive towards something as an adult that they link it from a trauma as a child. Yeah, 100%. Do you feel like in any way that was something that you had? Absolutely. I think okay. everyone has that for sure. But with, with what you're doing now with gymnastics and stuff, do you, um, do you link that no, or, or helping others? Not with gymnastics so much. Oh, I think, like, there was dreams that I had that were from that. You know what I mean? Like, for example, I used to always 
want to go to the Olympics, but I never, ever imagined it from... Well, I did, but not as much from my own perspective, like not from my own set of eyes. I used to always imagine it that I was looking at myself doing it from like the, the onlookers and everyone was so happy and it was so like... I was so significant, essentially. Mm. Like I was really loved and applauded by everyone else you know it was re- it looked really awesome to everyone else and that was coming from ego or? i think it was coming from ego and a feeling of like being not good enough and like a feeling of you know not having enough attention when my, apparently my little brother came into the world the first thing i did was smacked him when he came home from the hospital because i was so jealous of the attention when i was like a little kid so i think like well you were saying before how like your role models were your coaches but you didn't say anything about like your parents being being role models in i that think so. my parents were role models in different ways like I think my mum really taught me how to love. My mum really taught me how to love, you know what I mean? Like, um, How so? Just like my mum was so nurturing. Like she still is, you know what I mean? Like every time I see her without fail, she give me a great big smile and a great big hug mm. without fail. You know, it's like I'm still her baby mm. in a way. And I think that's really, really nice. And I think she's taught me how to be kind and love just because of what she's shown to me. And also I think growing up the way she treated me and my brothers is like how I treat kids now you know like I treat kids with that same sort of I don't know love and fun and like care um and my dad especially later in life has sort of he's been very stoic my dad's always been quite stoic and I didn't really this has been like more recent the last year or so he's this is sort of what I've seen a lot more last two years he's just shown me you know the decisions he's made for our family and like the strength it must have taken to make those decisions I believe are quite stoic you know he really pushed a lot of maybe his personal ambitions or his personal wishes to the side to take care of the family and like for me that's like pretty respectful Mm -hmm. you know so in different ways he was he is becoming more of a role model now because I'm like understanding why he's done and the things that he's done but like I didn't grow up thinking that you know what I mean when I was a little kid I think my dad was just my dad was real fun hey he Mm. he was a little kid and then he went and lived he worked away for years so like it was yeah it was a bit more difficult because he he got a job over in Africa and he would just do FIFO for like 10 years so it was like we didn't really see him what was he doing in Africa? He was doing human resource management for Rio Tinto. So, like, big mining company. And he would just go over there and come back every... He'd go there for six to eight weeks and then come back for a couple of weeks and go there and come back. And that was unconsciously pretty tough, I think, for my mm. brothers and my mum because, like, we didn't really... Didn't see him as much as you would have nah, obviously no liked way. to. And, like, he was so into his work that when he would come back, it wasn't like hey, kids, let me tell you about the stories that's been going on. Let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about that. And I think work was very, very consuming for him, mm. you know, like, and I understand that. I think I think for a man to fall in love with his work, you know, is important. You know what I mean? I don't know if he fell in love with it, but it was just consuming. But when he would come home, it wasn't like this great big ordeal. It was kind of just like, oh, it wasn't super exciting. It's yeah, just like he's here for a bit as like a home base and then he would just kind of go again. Shoot, yeah. So like having that from the age of like 11 years old up until like late teens, even now he's over there, but we've got a better relationship now. So it's like I kind of understand, like I kind of understand why he and did what he grown, did. And you've grown up a lot as well. Yeah, for sure. Like I think the resentment sort of clears up as well, you know. 
Okay. Well, you understand the reasoning behind it, but still, you like the father figure something you want in in your life at I that think, age. Yeah, I think every child who grows up without a father in not not like I didn't grow up with a dad. You know what I mean? Like my dad was there, but I think there's always a father figure that comes in at some point. And for me, it was my coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always my coaches. Yeah, because I would train so much, I would see them all the time. It was like I saw these men every day. Mm. You know, so. I guess also you would have seen the amount of affection your mum gave you and I guess you would yeah. have seen the polar opposite, not polar opposite, but like opposite. if your dad's not there and then you've got someone that's like over-caring, well not over-caring, but like I know what you mean. a lot more yeah. so because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can relate a lot to that. My mum my was very similar, like very loving, very caring and yeah. at, at, a young, at a young age my dad travelled a lot as well. Yeah. So it was that whole polar opposite thing which yeah. I like honestly it was really good because me and my mum have a really good relationship mm. because – we grew up and obviously yeah, if dad's yeah, not yeah, there, yeah, then you yeah. kind of you go to the other parent yeah, and that was sure. really good. But also, like you say, you kind of, that you, that role model in your life is something you want to have around. And I guess when you got the coaches, you're like, all right, now they're here. Yeah. And then I guess in a, in a way you, you've kind of used that now as like you be that role model in other kids' lives. For sure. In a way. Exactly, yeah. I think that's a big thing for me. I do get to be a role model. I think like a massive issue in the world is that there's not enough like masculine role models for young men. Mm. I don't believe that there is. Like if you look at all the stats on fatherlessness and single mother homes and, you know, dads working away and these how these kids grow up is in prison, gangs, bad health conditions, poor relationship problems, all these types of like real statistics that are pointed at like fatherlessness. And there's not enough, yeah, masculine male role models for kids at the moment. And I can, the only reason I know so much about this is because I dived into it because I had relationship problems with girls, like all through growing up. And like I didn't have a good, yeah, relationship with young girls. And I think that it was a lot of it was due to my own confidence in myself. And I didn't have like great emotional regulation problems. Um, I mean, regulation control. And I, th- I'm, I, I, I put it down to, yeah, just missing out on having, like, an older man figure just sort of sitting me down and telling me what's good. Mm. You know, how do I control myself? How do I be, you know, a better man and a better boy as yeah, a child? Yeah, the time, yeah. You know, and, yeah, I just had kind of had to learn the hard way. But I don't regret it at all because it's made me the person I am today, you know? But, you, yeah, the, you don't reg- don't regret it, but if you had someone to kind of fast-forward, like... I'm not fast forward that fast track that oh, I guess bro. in a way to like yeah. kind of skip a lot of the shit. Yeah, when I was like 20 to 22, I just looked into all these books about like relationships and masculinity mm. and attraction and that's what helped me understand women. Mm. You know, and I always grew up watching these other guys that I grew up with being like, how the fuck do you understand girls so well? Mm. Like, how do, you, how do you understand women so well? And I just didn't. And I was like so annoyed at myself because I was like, maybe I need to be a better person. Maybe I need to be successful or or these things. And I think some of them are true, but it was like I just didn't have the confidence. Um, And it was weird because at school, I was fine. I was all good. But it was when I left school, it's like I had this vision of the world and that people were different, that I had to act a different way. And I just didn't have that support or this group or this culture around me. I was very alone. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't have much when I left school. So it was difficult for me to sort of figure it out. But in hindsight, again, that's why I had to dive into the books and dive into NLP and dive into all these different things that helped me 
overcome all that so I could come out the other side and go, oh, okay, I actually do understand all this stuff. Mm. And I would say for any man out there at the moment who's struggling with like his own relationships, his own masculinity problems or, you know, or with women, I swear to you that if you, if you read um, The Way of the Superior Man and Atomic Attraction, like those two books on repeat, you will, you will change your life. Like they are the best, best books for like anyone to like overcome their relationship problems and like just become a better human for sure. Mm. For sure, 100%. Did, did you find as well though when because you said you had a good relationship with your mother mm. did you feel like that helped though in some aspects of like yeah for sure because i knew how to like i knew how to love a girl you know what i mean i just didn't know how to yeah like attract a girl i didn't know how to feel like i was good enough for a girl but yeah, like it's the internal thing for yourself yeah it was like the initial part i didn't understand the initial part I thought I didn't, even though I did, because at school I was all good. It was real interesting, bro. Like, I went from being so confident at school and just, like, pretty much getting what I wanted to, like, going out into the, the big world and just feeling like a complete loser. I think that's probably a common thing for a lot of yeah. a lot of guys, though, to kind of, like, feel a bit lost yeah, once they yeah, leave yeah. school. Yeah. Like, I, I know a lot of people that left school and were top of the, like, literally thought, like they peaked in high school, yeah, yeah, like yeah, not yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. they're probably going to come back from it yeah, yeah, <laughs> afterwards yeah. and, and yeah, now yeah, they're probably yeah, doing yeah. fine. But I remember, I thought it was kind of funny. I kind of felt like not to laugh at someone else's downfall, but mm. like I was the fat kid that was like not, yeah. not that good at school. Like yeah, I definitely yeah, yeah, didn't yeah, peak yeah, in school. Yeah. I hated school. It wasn't my forte. And mm. I, I struggled with pretty much all classes. Yeah. Wasn't that fit. Wasn't that good at sport. Yeah. But like you said, you kind of learn through that struggle of like what you mm, want to do. Mm. And then when I eventually dropped out of school and went on to racing, it's like by the time I I think I'd been out of school for, like I dropped out year 11. So obviously everyone was doing year 12. And then by the time everyone had finished high school in year 12, like I'd already been traveling around the world. I'd yeah, gotten wow. a proper ride, like all these positive stuff had happened to me. And then a lot of the people I went to school with were just smoking weed and like they were yeah. going to uni, but they weren't really learning anything. Yeah. And I was just like, I found it so funny, this like social norm that like mm. i was like the high school dropout that from the outside probably looks like i'm not really succeeding in a way and then all these other guys that and like hey you want to go to uni and smoke weed and sit in lectures and not really learn anything like fair like go do what you want but from the outside they would look like the high like the the guys going to uni you're succeeding this kid dropped out he's i think it shows you how broken the system is to be honest well i think it's just the the society how they view but people also, but also as well man like there is like you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years ago, there was a complete initiation process for kids when they finished, once they became a, a woman or a man. Mm. You know what I mean? There was a there was an actual initiation, and even after that, they were guided into the next phase of life. Mm. You know what I mean? With the proper guidance, a kid can do anything. But if you look at now, it's like year twelve graduation is like the initiation sort of thing, which not the whole community doesn't get around it's sort of just like the mum and the dad and like you know it's kind of celebrated internally in those communities like inside the schools and mm. there's the welcome of university but like the greater community doesn't really support it too mm. much or take too much notice of it and then a lot of kids have still no idea what to do like if their parents are pushing them in the university direction and they don't want to go in that direction, at least they're being pushed in a direction so they have some sort of direction to go and follow something. Mm. But some kids have parents who are like, man, you know, do what you want. You know, they're not even saying you can do anything you want. They're just saying do what you want to do. Do what mm. you want to do. And a kid's like, 
fuck, I have no idea what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's even dangerous as well. I think young people more often than not do need guidance and direction and so much more yeah mentorship and role modeling from people when they come out of these um when they come out of school and things like that because they just have no idea and people are like yeah let's let them make the decisions and i think that's great in one part but they also need help to make those decisions and if kids don't have help to make the decisions they make shit decisions yeah. because like we don't know that much yeah. you know what i mean N- none of us do like even even coming out of uni if you don't have the right support and you don't have the right models and you don't have the right you know pathway or idea or vision for your future you're not gonna be able to manifest it and a lot of people think that the system will just take care of them if i study these books the system will take care of me if i study you know and get good grades the system will take care of me but it's 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 instead of teaching people how to think and create a vision for their future it's taught people how to follow a very linear path Mm. that they've been promised, you know, some sort of good thing at the end of it. But it's like each year we watch, it's actually been a little bit better recently, like the rates of like university degree to jobs is actually increasing a little bit. But we went through a real bad patch in Australia of like heaps of kids were finishing uni and then not getting into the jobs that they wanted. Like it was happening so much. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Oh, it was terrible. And it's like, it's like, it's just not guaranteed. And, you know, the top of the top would get through because I think either they knew that they, if they got the best grades, they'd have the best opportunity. You know what I mean? Whereas like a majority of the people were just going, oh, look, I've just got to pass. I've just got to do good. And then I guess I'll get into, you know, this job or this thing. And it's like, they're the people who are going to uni and they're just like studying and then going out and partying. They don't have a vision. They don't have a direction. They, they just have this idea that they'll get taken care of. And it's this dependence on the system. And I like, yeah, I think it's awesome. For example, like if you look at your life, you didn't, you had that support. It sounds like you had that support from your dad, always being like, you can do whatever you want. And uh, like, I'll believe you. Well, he had I mean? the thing where he's like, I, you've got to do something. Yeah. Like he's like, I don't care what it is, but you're doing something. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not sitting around, you're not being lazy, you're mm-hmm. doing something. And mm-hmm. like when I actually started racing, he made me go get a, um, like a boilermaker's like a like a welding apprenticeship yeah so i did that to earn money mm-hmm. to then fund my racing so it wasn't like you can just go race your bike like yeah. that I was yeah, obviously yeah, you don't yeah, get paid yeah, yeah, for yeah, a long yeah, time yeah. when you start yeah, but he yeah. was like i you've got to do something yeah. you've got to put yourself out there and you've got to learn you've got yeah. like he was very much yeah. like yeah. do what you want but mm. you got to do something <laughs> yeah you got to do something you got to yeah exactly because but how often like you say like when you finish school it's like all right you're about to go into university to study something for four years. I'm like, how do you even know what you want to do at that, that age? Like, I'm like, at least have a gap here and try and figure yourself out. 100%. And then if you've got good mentors around you, they should be asking you questions like, what makes you happy? What do you get fulfillment out of it? What do you find passionate? What's, what's, where's your drive? For like, sure. What do you want to do right now? Do you actually want to go and learn again? Do you want to go and learn? Yeah. Most kids want to go and travel and have fun. And yeah. like, so it's like, fuck, you don't have to. A lot of people have been sold into the idea of their problems will be solved when they have money. But the money is just making big, like bigger people rich. Like university is a business. You know what I mean? It's seeing so. It's like the old army thing where it's like we want you in the army. It's like you just end up fighting someone else's war, just mm. like most people end up funding someone else's fucking big business. Mm. And I think that is on purpose. But 100%. I think that, like you said, there the money thing. It's like the money shouldn't be the reason you no. do anything. No, it's like an addition. 
It should be, yeah. Like, look at what you did, man. You had no idea that, what's it called, downhill racing was going to bring you money when you were younger. No, but I, 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 never, I never think you should go into a passion mm. for the money. And mm. I don't think anyone ever does. You do something because you love it mm. and you get better at it until someone gives you money to do it. Yeah. And even that makes, that turns into a bit of a weird, like, grey area. Like, as soon as I got paid to ride my bike, I hated it. It really? Was, yeah, the worst year <laughs> the worst year of year of racing for me was in 2016 and that's when I went pro. Really? I, it, Isn't it, that interesting? It fucked yeah. it for me. Why? Because I didn't do it for money. I did it because I loved it. And then yeah, as soon right. as someone expected me to do it, I didn't want to do it. Oh, that is interesting, hey. Well, it's I like I can imagine that for imagine sure. Imagine if you just love painting and you just painted every day because oh, you love painting. No expectation, hey. Nothing. It's just like I just love painting and then someone comes to you and go, "All right, I'll give you 100 grand, but you've got to paint me 15 paintings and they've yeah. got to be like this." Yeah. And then you're like, "Oh, but now I'm now I'm doing it for you." Yeah. I'm not doing it for me. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, honestly, yeah, man, yeah. even with the podcast, it's it's something that I've really cuz I got a sponsor on the podcast mm-hmm. and again, it kind of it kind of fucked it for me because yeah, I felt like right. it wasn't You had to do some part of it for someone else. Yeah. yeah be careful. Be careful what if you've got a passion, be careful. Don't if money will affect it in a way that yeah, you might not sure. even imagine it. For sure, would. for sure, for sure. I so get that. Like it's like I'm just imagining how you could, or how other people would do it. And I think like that's when you sort of decide on your own worth. Like say you do something, you're like, I decide it's it's worth this much money, and I'll mm. sell it for that. But even that can be tricky. And I can just imagine, you know, yeah, if I was a painter. And I just loved painting, and mm. then someone was like, "Oh, look, yeah, you did the job. I'm, I'm gonna give you your hundred bucks, you know, that I said I would. But you know, I'm just letting you know that I did expect this job. And you're sitting there like, I just did what I wanted, you know yeah. what I mean? And now it's like, fuck. But at the same time, that's kind of the way the world is. Mm. At, at the same time, it's like you got to. But that's what's cool when you, I suppose when you were doing boiler making, you were doing something that you knew you had to do a job for money, and then you were doing something that, but that wasn't a passion. Yeah, no, I know. That's a, yeah. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like you were doing something for the purpose of money and then you were doing something for not money. Yeah. You were doing something for love. Well, it was more to fund the passion, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But it is cool. it is a tricky one because even it's funny with the podcast now, like I'm almost like hesitant to get sponsors on board. Yeah, I know like what you a, mean. A fr- like if someone got onto me and they were talking about putting money into it and I'm just like like obviously you want it if I can get it's funny now because I've got the guy that's helping me produce it I almost look at it like sponsorship for this is just money in his pocket yeah like it's almost like I'm it's paying you like I don't it's not I don't know it's a weird way of looking at it well, because it, well it's paying both of you it's paying you know? both of us but more or less it's like I'm looking at it as okay this is helping you not me it's a weird I don't know my brain interesting, interesting. it's a weird way to so, view it fuck I can blow your mind a bit here so in NLP we learn something called values levels and like there's all these different values levels and essentially it goes up to level seven like of what we have learned but it goes up to actually level 13 you can even look at these like dimensions right so level one is like a values level that's all about survival so cavemen lived in values levels one it was all about literally survival everything they thought and wanted to do had to do with them surviving then it's like level two and it's like the tribe and level two is all about there's a tribe leader like a shaman and what he says goes, the leader is God. So instead of it being survival, all your values around survival, now it's all your values based around what the, the tribe leader says because, you know, he's going to keep everyone safe. Then level three is into, oh, actually, I'm better than the tribe leader. It's all about me now. Like, fuck you guys. Fuck you and fuck you what you say. It's like a big fuck you level, right? Think of, like, a lot of teenage boys and girls when they go through that rebellion stage when they start fighting back against mum. Mum and dad are the tribe leader, and they start fighting against mum and dad, it's like, oh, fuck you. 
Like, I'm actually going to do go do what I want. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do what I want. Then there's level four, and level four goes back into, oh, actually, it's not about me anymore. It's about the best way to do things. It's about good and bad. So you've come out of the fuck you stage, and then you realise, oh, there's actually a lot of us, and it's about doing the best thing. And in our society today, the, be- the good and right is the system. It's law. You know, it's, it's this is right and this is wrong. You know, this, this is the law. You drive on this side of the road, you don't drive on that side of the road. You pay this money, you don't pay that money. You do this, you do that, right? Level five is business and, like, capitalism, essentially. And it takes out of good and bad. Because in capitalism, there is no guilt, you know? You can sell a million toothbrushes that aren't as good as someone else's toothbrushes and make more money than them, even though the world doesn't need more toothbrushes and you have no guilt about it. And you, you, know, you leverage these people for their time and money at a lower rate than these people to get money. And there's no good and bad. But level four puts judgment on level five because we're going, oh, that's so wrong, right? And this is where the morals of and the ethics of things start to get really confusing between four and five. And the hardest transition of any level to level up is from level four to level five because people in level four in the system hate people in level five. Think about most people who hate, you know, people who have... A, there's, there's this weird resentment that people who are hard workers in the system have towards people who earn a lot of money and live a different type of lifestyle because we think they've cheated somehow. We think that somehow they've fucking messed us over or they've done something wrong to get where they are. And there's this resentment. Whereas people in level five, there are some amazing, and in my opinion, some of the best high-quality people are people with a lot of money because they have transcended not always there are some real assholes and i think there's some real assholes really in every level if you look at it but there's some real amazing people in those levels who have transcended and let go of that guilt to go and do good things in the world then there's level six and level six is above level five now when a lot of people get a lot of money they start going oh why do i even want to get more money anymore there's a certain amount of money that i can sort of do every material thing that i want now you know i've kind of transcended that what do i want to do well, let's look at us again. Like, let's look at the greater world. Fuck, save the whales. Oh, my God. There's so much pollution in the world. Oh, there's so many bad things that are going on in the world. There's so many people in pain. Oh, the orphans in Africa. Oh, the water supply. Jeez, we've got to fix all these problems for us, right? It's very, again, it's so difficult to go from level four to five because fours hate five and six hates five as well because six is going, you can't do that. Because the six is going, that's bad for the world. Four is going, you can't do that because that's wrong against the law. Mm. And people in five are just trying to get through at the moment. So the way that the world is working at the moment is that there is so much for as a push to keep people with lower incomes inside that lower income bracket. And it's coming from us, societal pressure from the people who are in the lower income bracket. It's really interesting. Whereas the people in the higher income brackets and the higher levels of income are just like going, fuck, I want to earn more money, I want to earn more money. And a lot of the time, it's about letting go of the guilt and it's got nothing to do with hurting other people at a certain level. Um, And then there's also people who are like, it just keeps going up higher and higher and higher and people are in power and making bigger calls and then it goes to level seven and then there are some bad and dark things going on at higher levels at the moment that are making a lot of difficulty 
in the system for people as well. And I think it should be everyone's goal to move up through those systems. And if anyone believes that, unfortunately, oh, money is bad or there's something wrong with money, then you're going to stay at a level where you're not going to become happier and grow and, you know, be allow yourself to become a better person because if you do want to change the world, you need some sort of energy source to draw that from. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to go and build an orphanage in Africa, you need a lot of money. Mm. You know what I mean? If you want to... Like, yeah, sure, you can be a Gandhi and go walk around India and, you know, talk to everyone, but you still got to, you know... Still got to get there. You still, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, how are you going to do that? So I think to how you use it as a tool. Yeah, like exactly. I hate when people, like, even... I think a lot of thing, a lot of things get demonized in a way mm. that it's like it's it's just a tool, man. It's yeah. like a, a like a phone. Like I always say, like phones are yeah. terrible, but they're also you can just you can just call people with yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. Like it's the best thing in the world. You can communicate, or you mm. get stuck on Instagram for hours. Yeah. It's like yeah. how you use it. Yeah, it's like when people say an axe can kill someone, or you can chop wood to keep yeah. your house warm. Yeah, it's yeah, just, it's just so tools, true. man. And it's like money. I think is. It's just a massive tool yeah. if you use it. But if yeah. you're someone that's like resentful and spiteful mm. about money, then it can just seem like the devil kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. But it's how I guess you view it and how you use 100%. it. Hundred percent. Like I think for anyone who views it like it's the devil who views it like that, I think they're just looking at themselves because mm. maybe they're afraid of how they would use it. Because mm. people are like, oh, money makes me do this or money makes me do that. It's like, no, you want to do that. And yeah. like money's just money just facilitates that. Yeah, exactly. So it's an interesting topic. Um, yeah. No, I've always, I've always <laughs> I heard something the other day, and like this guy said, the best thing about having money is you don't think about money. Bro, that's so true. I've had a lot of people say, like, for most, most like people in in a certain income bracket don't have a big a, a good chunk of money they can fall back on. Mm. And he said when he first hit his first like twenty k or fifty k in the bank account. Because he had that buffer there, there were certain things that he just stopped thinking about. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if you didn't, if you don't have much money, you'll probably think about every coffee that you buy. You'll be like, "Ooh, I wonder how well this is going to do the bank account." But if you have a certain amount of money, eventually you're going to stop thinking about every you know fancy dinner you go out and buy, every piece of clothing you buy. It's just not going to matter anymore. Mm. Like that would be the best feeling ever. I think that's the freedom you get from yeah. it. Like just the freedom in your mind of being able to do certain things. And that's not even being like extravagant or doing anything crazy. Mm. But like you said, just buying a coffee. Yeah. Like I remember I had a point where I'd, um, I'd kind of got a bit screwed over in it with a contract and I had to pay out a heap of money. And yeah. then I actually, and then I had a dental problem. I had to, had to get like a heap of work done. So I, I think in within a week or something, I ended up losing 35 grand or something. Oh and this is like, a, this is a, like a, I think wow. I, was, I think I was like 20 at the time or something. No way. So I actually, my parents loaned me the money. I yeah. just paid them yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I just remember having this point where like my friends like, Oh, come and do this. And yeah. I was like, I can't, yeah, I don't have the money. Suck. And I remember like really being in that, like I can't, I literally couldn't do anything and I live remotely as well. So it cost a fair bit to drive around for fuel yeah. and everything. So I just remember like, being in this, like, I never want to be in this situation again where money determines mm. what I do. Mm. Where a simple thing is, like, I can't drive and see my friends because I yeah. don't have money. And I just remember sitting in that for that, however long it was, until I paid it back. Wow. And I was just like, I never want to be in this situation again. Yeah. And now I've got, like, a thing where, like, my account doesn't get below this. Like, this mm. like this is my zero. And it's not zero. It's, like, a, a fair well, a bit of money. Yeah, but it's, yeah, like, yeah. this is the... That's the point in which is, you won't let anything go no, below. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like... Yeah. 
not below that. Yeah. That's my like, and then that's a safety net. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I think, I think once you're in that and you've been in that point where you can't do anything and it's all based around money, you're just like, we're not going back there yeah. like that. <laughs> it's a mean. shit feeling. I've been there as well. For yeah. sure. I remember when I was, when I first started the business, I had, and when I first, because I didn't get vaccinated and I was over here one day and they were closing the borders and I was living in New South Wales. And I remember being at an event here and my dad called me and said, you need to get home now. And I was like, why? And he goes, because they're closing the borders. And I was in Queensland and I just started this business and I was sitting there at this self-development event thinking, and it was just divine timing because they were essentially, you know, all believe in yourself, do this, you can do that, you can make it work. And I was like, fuck, okay, I can make it work. I called up three jobs that I was working that afternoon, quit all of them and went all into my business. And it was the best and trickiest time because I I was hustling to pay the bills sort of thing and it was just the shittest shittest time and I remember being like probably for almost six months week to week like being like fuck I've got to pay bills first then I've got to get enough food to eat like money to eat Mm. you know and yeah I think once you come out of that for sure it's like I'm never going to be there again Mm. like I never ever want to be in that position again because it's just painful you don't have enough energy to do the things you want to do not just physically but like financially Mm. you don't you can't do it and it sucks and i think it's important for people to go through that to then realize they don't want to do that again Mm -hmm. and it gives you like the fuel to be like oh shit no i want to have that freedom that i used to feel again like all the time Mm. yeah yeah just your base level should be that that i like just for example like i can get my car and drive a few hours and yeah. feel like I've got the money to pay for fuel. Yeah, like just exactly. something as simple as that. Yeah, exactly. Like is that your, if that's your baseline, then you and can. And that's not even like a big, that's not like, like a, a big deal, but it, it, it can be like that can be. Once like, it's taken away. Yeah. Yeah. That can be like the biggest thing ever. Yeah. For sure. And it can be massive. Yeah, man. That's cool. I wanted to touch on before you talked about, we kind of went over it briefly, but the whole battle between like the kind of masculine and feminine yeah. energy at the moment. Yeah. And there is kind of, I feel like a bit of a divide. Yeah, 100%. And it gets thrown around all the time. And it's just kind of, it's it's just being weaponized now, this whole like yeah. toxic masculinity. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's... It's really interesting. There is no such thing as toxic masculinity. Well, well it's... It's uh, like there's no such thing as toxic femininity. It's... It's just, it's to- just toxic people. <laughs> yeah, there was to- there's behaviours, you know what I mean? Like, again, it's that good and bad. Mm. It's being weaponized within a system, within a, a group of values. It's like, this is right and this is wrong. It's like, it's actual bullshit that your people are, like, it's being weaponized against These behaviours are right and these behaviours are wrong. No, there are behaviours. You don't look at a baby crying and say, that behaviour is wrong, or a baby smacking another kid and say, that's, you just, like, at a certain level, you understand that something is happening, like at a at a really like zoomed out level, something is happening. And you seek to understand that thing, but it's like when everyone turns into a man or everyone comes of a certain age. There's right and wrong behaviors, and I think that's the first thing that's that's not making a situation better. Or you do this, therefore you're going to get treated like this now. You know what I mean? And I think that that's the first that's the first issue that's happening. I just think it's one of the other things that's happened and it's just been happening for, I don't know, centuries probably, is that the gender roles are being very mixed up. I do believe that men are born 
with a primarily masculine essence as in general. There are certain men who are more feminine and there are certain men who are more masculine, but there's, there are more men who are more masculine than feminine and there are more women who are more feminine than masculine. Mm. And I believe that society is continuing, continuously merging those roles so that we are becoming more and more equal and I don't believe that's a good thing at all because mm. I do not believe that men and women should be equal. And I don't mean equal as in, like, if they were holding a gun to both of our heads, who should live? I think that's a stupid scenario, and I think that's what people take it to the extreme, like who's worth more. It's got nothing to do with that, but we should not have the same roles in society at all. No. I and d- it's happening in Western society a lot where there's so many women at work. We well, see the Scandinavian countries where they've, yeah. they've opened that up more to freedom of what you actually want to do mm-hmm. and women go more towards like mm-hmm. feminine roles and yeah. men go and like that was the opposite of what they expected it yeah. to be yeah they thought it would actually be like all right you can you can do whatever you want 100%. you're going to go towards something different but it actually yeah. did the polar opposite exactly and i think that's yeah you're so right that's a great study because naturally women have certain abilities and skills that take them towards doing things like motherhood and yeah, caring nurturing, and, caring, nurturing yeah. and, you know, building relationships. You know, like feminine energy is all about the flow of love and the flow of relationships, whereas masculine energy is all about doing and driving and um, achieving and all about mission. Mm. Like that's what it's about. That's why more men work and want to work than women. You know, whereas more women want to build relationships and spread love and nurture, mm. like as a rule of thumb. And our society has become so, oh, we have to be equal. We have to be able to do the same things because it's so offensive to say that, oh, a woman can't do this. It's like, no, a woman can do that. Just like a man can do what a woman does, a, a woman can do what a man does, but that doesn't mean that should happen. Yeah, because it has to happen. Yeah, it has to happen. No, it's like it's like for polarity's sake, and I think this comes really down to like a level of it can come down to if if you look at that attraction, right? So if there's like a rubber band of attraction, if there's like a, a woman and then there's a man, and there's a rubber band of attraction between the two of them, if the man is is driving and he's on focus and he's on mission. He's going to be a lot more attractive to that woman, right? But if he turns around and puts all his energy and all his effort into that woman, she's going to be like, wait a second, what's going on here? I was kind of enjoying the chase. I was kind of enjoying the push and pull from each other. Mm. Here's another example. A man's going to war. He's like, I'm so sorry, my love. I have to go to war. You know I must go. She's going, no, please don't go. Please don't go. He's like, you know I must go. I must serve my duty. I must go and protect my country. She's like, oh, she's crying. She's so upset. He leaves on the boat. He's gone. She's so upset. She's so heartbroken. But at the same time, she holds this pride in her heart that her man is going to serve his duty and serve his country. Second scenario. Oh, my love, I must go to war. She's like, no, please don't go. Please don't go. You know I must go and protect my country. No, please, please, please. He goes... Okay, I won't go. She's like, yes. She's real confused. She's like, I'm so happy that you're staying, but why do I feel so weird? It's almost like she's lost trust in the fact that her man can't go and protect and can't go and do the things that he knows he must do and she knows he must do. Yeah. And it's that weird feeling. And it's like that scenario is manifesting in society 
hugely. Men are becoming very weak. Mm. Men are becoming very weak. There's a lot of men who aren't doing the driving inner animal force in life that they want to do. Look at the amount of depressed men. Look at the like male suicides. Why is male suicide so big? Why is male, um, male mental health so much bigger? You know, why are so many more men unfit? You know, yeah. like look at all these things that are happening in society and why are the alpha men, who, when you look at the actual traits that they carry, so seen as so negative? Like these are a lot of, like the alpha men, I'm not talking about the, the abusive, um, you know, more... But I feel like they all get men. they all get mixed in together. Like that's the yeah. thing. It's like you say yes. anything now, no matter what it is. It's like you get put in the same boxes. Yeah. These people that are like so far out yeah. on the spectrum. You're like, no, I'm not there. I'm not even close to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to like be my true self yes. and be confident yeah. in myself and be yes. and that. And then it's like, no, you just get like, and that's the, that's the bit that I like, even to the point where you almost don't want to touch on it. But then it's like people aren't speaking any truth anymore, mm-hmm. and that's the whole. I think dominoes effect of, yep. of if you get if you say something that people don't like you yep. get put in this box yep. and then you either get cancelled or you right. get like pushed to the side and exactly. it's like and then no one says anything and what a me- and what is masculine energy known to do masculine energy is known to stand up for what we believe in and drive for what we believe in but men are being pushed down against that look at the schooling system mm. the schooling system in west in like western world even around the world is designed more for women because You've got these young boys who are growing up being taught by mostly women sitting in a chair all day being told what to do. Do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, do that. Not being supported and not being grown. And this is a hugely controversial opinion, hugely controversial belief because in the tribal days, when the boys became of a certain age, the mothers would let go of the sons and t- keep taking care of the young women. The aunties and the mothers would take care of all the girls and help them grow and preserve their value and grow them into these beautiful young women. And then the young boys would be taken by the men and they would be taught to kill and hunt and become better and think and charge and become leaders. But they're not. we're not being taught to become leaders. We're being taught to listen. And so you've got all these young guys coming out of high school who were so scared, so unconfident, so afraid to you know, act as a leader... But now young men who are acting as a leader we're seen as dominating in the negative light, dominating in the, in, the, in the overly aggressive. And then when the young men have had enough and they want to break free, unconsciously they do these outrageous behaviours and they do these things that are seen and fully condemned by society. You know, they're going out drinking, they're going out and treating women poorly, they're going out and doing all these things that are an effect of all the years of suppression, really. Mm. Men are very suppressed. Well, we were saying before, like, w- at what point do you become a man in Western society? Oh, bro, when do you decide? I remember thinking this... It's like, going, do like, you, get a, you get your car license? Is that, you're a man? Do you get a letter from the government? Yeah, like, yeah, well, like, what, like yeah. what's the... What do, you, what do you actually... What do you achieve? What do you go That's through? That's the thing, there's no initiation, and there, used mm. to, there was always an initiation. It's like, your son, you're a man now. Mm. You know, you're a man. The father would initiate the son. Or the tri- or the or the the shaman of the tribe would initiate the young men, or the fathers and the uncles would initiate. There would be a challenge all throughout history. Carry this big ass rock to the top of this hill, or you know, like in in African tribes, it had to do with like cutting off the foreskin publicly or something. Like 
all these types of weird things. It doesn't matter what it is, but there was an initiation that signified the boy would go, ah, my identity now is of manhood. I take on these responsibilities. And those responsibilities were overseen Mm. and guided by the men in the tribe. Well, it's even like in Switzerland, you've got to do, I think it's one year of subscription into the army. Yep. And I'm like, I can see the benefit of that for you. Like, especially kids that are lack vision or purpose yeah. or, or yeah. know what they want to do and it's like yeah. just give them some structure yeah. give them some like a leadership yeah, role 100%. give them something like that to go through just to see mm. like if, and honestly like switzerland i don't know any the stats or anything but i feel like that would probably be, have to be one of the lowest crime countries in the world and just yeah. how clean it is and just mm. the i feel like they're doing a lot of stuff yeah. right yeah israel is two years after school for girls and boys to join the military yeah to, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah something like that that might be a bit no, 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 that's right, yeah. Two years for girls and boys once they finish school. It's just, like, yeah, even if it's not the military, but there's something to, like you said, to have an initiation into becoming a man in a exactly. way. Exactly, and everyone does it. And taking responsibility into, like, yeah. who you are. Because it's, like I said, at, at what point are you, like, I'm 27, like, when, like, when do, am I a man now? Exactly. When do I like, it's like, exactly. it's like exactly. this self, self-driven um, quest you kind of go after yes. where I think... I felt like I had a big change at 24 when some stuff happened to me that made me look at the world differently, but that wasn't like nothing, like nothing actually happened. Like yeah, that, yeah, that wasn't yeah, like a big yeah. thing. Like, Oh, you're a man now. Yeah. yeah you've yeah. changed. Cause like, and I always see this with people that people that always complain about their age. I feel like they're just, you're complaining about your age because you're still a kid. You're yeah. just trapped in a bot in a man's yeah. body. Yeah. And now what haven't you done yet? That makes you feel like you want to be a man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Being called a kid. That's just the world projecting back onto you what you already believe about yourself yeah so yeah, yeah I feel like people that are fine with their age they're, they're fine with their age because they've accepted the fact that this is how old I should be yeah. and how old I actually feel like yeah, I'm act- yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm literally acting my age yeah 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 where you see people that are like you could be 30 but you're still you're still an 18 year old mm. inside <laughs> and mm. it's yeah it's shit <laughs> yeah I get that that's interesting no I just I think the war and I think as well like because women have been brought up to see that men should be a certain way as opposed to the way that a lot of other men believe they should and want to be. Mm. It's very challenging for women to be told that, oh, you've been told your whole life you can have this career and that you can go and reach these career heights, this very masculine pursuit, and then to be told, no, you should be a mother. It's like highly polarizing. It's Mm. highly... Um, challenging and I think that's where a lot of the war comes from because it's like these women going no I can be independent and strong and have all this as well and it's like well if you want to be a very masculine woman go and find a very feminine man and there are so many fucked up relationships because you've got feminine men with masculine women because the the women want to be protected and you know have the man lead them but they're doing the leading and like the protecting and Mm. the man's being like the nurturer the soft nurturer like, there are so many relationships like that. And then the men are, like, struggling in their own masculinity. And the you don't, what, you're saying you don't think that's a, a, a good way to, have like, structure a relationship? Or how do you, how do you mean because it? it's not conscious. It's not conscious. Like, if, if, if there is a conscious pursuit and a man's like, I actually really enjoy being in my feminine. And the woman's like, I actually really enjoy, you know, providing and, like, going out and doing this stuff. And that can be a conscious decision. Mm. But because most men naturally are masculine and want to pursue a masculine lifestyle and most women naturally mm. want to pursue a feminine lifestyle but we've been indoctrinated to believe that like against our biology against our like core beliefs and like core spirit and soul it's what makes like the whole 
polarity very different. There's just loose rubber bands everywhere, and loose rubber bands create a lot of problem. Mm. Creates a lot of problem. Like Jordan Peterson talks about it very well. You know, there's a lot of women in the workforce who are saying, "Oh, you know, I, I really love my career. I'm so happy. I want to reach my heights of my career." And Jordan Peterson's going, "Look, I, I'm telling you now. I've got had a few clients, and they're in their fifties who have had this amazing, successful career." And they're sitting at this really luxurious home alone with no partner and no kids and their biological clock is done mm. and they're very, very unhappy people. Mm. Very unhappy people. And the men that are not taking full leadership of their families and not taking full responsibility for like their family's life and their kids' life and their, you know, don't feel like the leader in their own house, they're very sad and very upset. They don't feel like they can you know, be the man. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's creating a massive war because you've got logic and, you know, what we've been taught fighting against, like, what we actually truly want and feel, Mm. you know? It's like, imagine being told your whole life that, yeah, you're this, you're this, you're this, but you you always, like, you know, confused that you want to feel like something else or something like that. You know, Mm. like this natural instinct for something. But then also that's coming back as well. And I almost don't want to go into this because I just it becomes a bit more of a can of worms. But that whole, yeah. like, you get confused and then the whole transgender thing comes along where yeah. then you kind of get corralled into, like, oh, you can be... I think, it's, I, think it's this, I think it's actually not... I think it's simple, for sure. I think this is what I believe. And I believe that we choose to come to this place. I don't believe we're just born some physical thing. You know, if you want to talk about the whole feelings thing... You know, you can dive into this, but I believe that we have a soul. I think everyone likes to talk about we have a soul. It's like, well, where does soul come from then? Do you think it just it's like if 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 soul if you believe soul exists, you must believe that soul comes from someplace, right? You know, if you believe the physical exists, it comes from this physical place. Our physical body comes from this physical place, but where's the soul come from? If the soul's not physical, where's it come from? I believe that we choose to come here, and I think we be, we we choose if we want to be a man or a woman. I think we choose that. I think that we as the human souls are intellectual enough, and I believe that we have something different about us that allows us to choose that when we come here, we can become a man or a woman. And this is before we're born. This is before we're born. I believe we choose our parents. Yep. I believe we choose to come here. And I believe that a lot of the time, being, you know, gay or lesbian or transgender is either a tra- is a trauma response. And not always. I believe that, you know, you can have... How do you mean by that? So, it's definitely a can of worms. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But like, I, I just think this way, like, because I'm like, I'm I'm all for the thing. I'm just put it like, I'm all you can be and do whatever you want. Like, yeah. you're your own person. Fuck what any, fuck what anyone else says. I my issue with it is when you get people that confuse kids at a certain age that are being corralled into this way of thinking and being because of society is like reinforcing that, okay, you're a bit lost and now there's these like groups that you can fit into and to help fit into them you can have, uh, like you can change gender, you can take puberty blockers. That's where I get a bit like, all right, you're corralling kids into changing their sexuality and getting operations and stuff because of how society views this now. I'm like, as soon as you're 18... Or like as soon as yes. you're of age, go do what you want. Yes. But like once, I think the thing with me is the like kids happening to kids, and then also when it comes back into sport as well, especially when people can get physically yeah. hurt with yeah. fighting and all that. 
then there's a bit of a grey area there as well. For sure, it's not fair anymore, man. It's like you've spent your whole life with testosterone flowing through your veins, growing different muscles, and then all of a sudden you can change gender and then well, compete against the opposite gender. Yeah, like, and then... Wow, that's so fair. And then if you, you speak out about it, like there's a girl that won, I think it was a road cycling world championship, and the girl that got second spoke out about the girl that won, who was transgender. Uh, she got publicly... Um, just like dragged through the coals pretty 100%. much until she had to apologize. 100%. And it's just it's like... Rubbish. And that's what... The, 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 like, we're, we are being put at war with each other. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, we are literally being put at war with each other. But it comes back to the thing, as soon as you mention it, and you mention it without, like, oh, everyone's blah, 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 sunshine, rainbows, it's like you get put in this transphobic box, yep. which is just like... How, how can you have any kind of open discussion or dialogue about an issue when as soon as you say something that isn't agreed upon by the opposite um, party, it's you just get thrown in this and box? that's like, the problem with the left right now because the left is all about offence. You can't say this because it offends me. You can't offend anyone these days, you know what yeah. I mean? If I feel like this and you offend me, fuck you, you're gone. The law is going to start. Like, we're going in a pretty bad direction with the well, the whole idea, and then there's like the cancel culture thing. It's just like, all right, you offended me, you're cancelled. Exactly, you're cancelled. I was like, it's like, so what? That's you're just right. gonna have, and like, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with anything that um, Andrew Tate said. I think he's not a good role model. Nothing, not, but it's just the the fact that the thing that I was super interesting was it's like he did get cancelled completely, mm. and it's just like the the idea that you can just be erased in a certain sense. And like, I'm not saying that it was good or bad what happened there, but it was just interesting to view that and being like, all right. And like, even with like when Joe Rogan went after CNN mm-hmm. and then all the racism stuff came up and it was just like, they yeah. were trying to like cancel him as well. Yeah, and like dug so deep, so deep, man. It's like, so, I think he's, like, he's got to be one of the only people in the world that is at a point now where he's kind of uncancelable just because of the fact that, yeah. It's like, all right, Spotify, cancel him, sweet, I'll start my own thing. Like, he's that well-known now yeah, and has yeah, that yeah. many eyeballs on him. People will listen yeah, to him. 100%. Like, he's 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 at a point now where I think, yeah, he's almost untouchable in that yeah, sense of... I agree. And he's not like he's... Like, yeah, he's, he said that stuff back then. I don't think it was out of a place of, like... Like, he wasn't, he wasn't trying to be... Yeah, yeah. He just wasn't thinking. But it's just the fact that it's like even that, people came after him to try and cancel him. It just shows you to the extent of people what they will try and dig for up. Sure, for sure, for to sure. bury it, <laughs> which is... I agree. And it makes it, it is it's a scare. It's just a, the thing that scares me is that no one will actually say what they think out of fear. And that's the thing, bro. Because you know what it's been turned into. It used to be if you did the wrong thing, like you were scared to go and touch the lion because you were going to get killed. But now the lion is saying the wrong thing um, in front of society. Mm. You know what I mean? In front of at a differing opinion, and that's what's so messed up. And that is. That is indoctrination. You know what I mean? That is loss of power. Like, this is going to get worse and worse and worse. And I just think, like, for hundreds and thousands of years, there have been a man and there have been a woman. And, yeah, there have been men who fuck men and women who fuck women for all throughout time. And never, ever, ever have people ever been able to change their genders. Men have been able to act more feminine and women have been able to act more masculine. If you want to go and change your body parts, fine, whatever, that's it. But, yeah, as soon as you start telling a kid that has, you know, oh, yeah, my child's going to be born as transgender and they get to decide what they are when they're older, it's like we've spent the entire fucking human evolution deciding and agreeing on a system and now you want to change it and let this kid decide in 18 years what they are? 
and have the the world. Well, not even eighteen, not even eighteen years. Like, oh, it's in, just so in, when they're eleven dumb. or twelve. Like that's the thing. Like the the issue that I've got when you see these parents or kids and they're giving to them at like 10, 11, 12. I've, got, I've had that happen. You know what I mean? I've seen it, bro. With in your work, yeah, it's like I just think you know, like this, the kid will just decide what they are, and it's just like. And I've seen so many incongruencies within the choice of the kid instantly and just thinking, you don't actually mean that. You either want attention or there's something wrong that's going on. And when there's a little bit of diving and a little bit of asking around of what's going on, you realise pretty quickly, hey, that's not right here at all. Mm. And, you know, before I said the trauma response thing, I talked to a, a friend the other day at a men's circle I was at. And he said that... You know, I was brought up my whole life being told by kids around me that I was gay because I talked in quite a feminine voice. He said, I never thought I was gay. I never thought I liked men. And he said, by the time I was 18, I had been told so often that I was gay that I actually believed that I was. And so I started sleeping with men. I started fucking guys. And I used to... Um, I have slept with a few women, but I just don't really share relationships with them because I don't think I can because I believe I'm so gay because I got told that my whole life. Mm. And now I sleep with, I sleep with, um, I sleep with men. And we asked him, he said, well, do you think if you never got told that you would have turned out gay? He said, no, nah, I don't think I would have turned out gay if I didn't get told that. Well, it comes back to that belief thing. If you believe in someone, you can do something. Mm. It's the same works as a negative mm. if you say, oh, you are something. Same, yeah, for sure. I have another friend who... It's programming. A hundred percent. I have another friend who is... He is naturally more feminine. He's also slept with more men and more women, and he's very conscious. And he's like, to be honest, if I was to ever settle down with anyone, I would want to settle down with a man. And I was like, really? He said, interesting. He's like, yeah, look, I think that, like, for him, he wants that He wants that masculine sort of man t- taking care of him. You know what I mean? Like, he's a bit more feminine as a guy. He can take care of himself. He's got all the masculine, you know, but he's quite a, he's more of a feminine man, and he feels like he would want a man and I think that's quite conscious I think that's totally fine you know what I mean but yeah when you start saying that you know it's natural or not natural or whatever I just don't agree well a lot of it's the environment but it's yeah it all comes back to a million different things that make it up Mm. but it is is a funny thing because I've even in the past like I'll do certain things and people be like, are you gay? And I'm like, no. Yeah, but same. like you, you, you get it a fair bit. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. remember when I was like at a, 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 I forgot where I was. I was at like a party or something and I was doing something and someone's just like, like they came up to me like, like are you gay? And I was like, no. Yeah. And like, I'm like, why do you think that? Yeah. And it was just like little things like, oh, you just dress nice and you're like yeah, doing stuff with yeah. your hands and stuff. Yeah, and I was like, same, I was bro. like, why, do, why does that, like, why is that in society if you dress <laughs> nice and you use your hands in gestures and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. Like, why does that suddenly mean, and like, why is like, all right, you're in this box now because that doesn't make sense. And I, I found it, I find it so funny because I'm like, I'm probably like, I'm real like athlete trying to be alpha male like all yeah, masculine yeah, look yeah, at me yeah, and yeah, then you've got yeah. this other polar opposite side which is like because you know what i think like i think there's there's alpha male which is like hyper masculine which is great mm. and then there's integrated male which is like masculine and feminine mm. and i think that if you're too integrated as a man you're gay <laughs> yeah, it's well, like if you're so allowed if you're a man who shows any feminine side you're gay yeah. It's like, oh, you're gay. You're showing... You do the same thing the girls do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like if a girl does too much stuff the boy does, she's a tomboy. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, if you just integrate it all, like naturally men are still going to be more male and women 
are going to be more female. Yeah. They just want to put people in boxes because if you're not in the box that they want to put you in and you're outside of 100%. that, they, they don't understand. As soon as soon I think people just like to understand people. And as soon as you're, like, you're doing something that's outside of what they understand, yeah. it kind of freaks them out in a way because they're yeah, like, 100%. you don't fit into what my normal is. Yeah, exactly. So then they're like, ugh. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. the fear response in everything for sure. Exactly. But you know what's interesting? Just in the can of worms we were just talking about, at least we can sit here and say like, man, if you want to be trans, like I, I don't care. Like if, I will fully, you know, if that's what you want to be, if you want to be gay, if you want to be lesbian, sweet, that's all good, you do what you want. But we don't get offended. It's not offensive. I might not agree with it at all and be like, that's whatever, but, like, I'm not going to lose sleep over it because I'm like, well, you're not... But we get so forced upon us to be a certain way, Mm. to accept that. It's like, you must accept this. It's like, well, technically I do accept that that's what you want to be, but I don't agree with it. But it's like you must agree with the way I see the world. It's like we're never forcing anyone to agree or see the world weird the way we see it. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, look, if you want to do that, like because in my eyes, I don't agree with it. So why would I care? But it's like that's so offensive to yeah. people. It's like, oh, we can't handle the fact that you don't agree with us. Therefore, you're gone. Yeah. It's like interesting. Yeah, you, yeah, it's yeah, it's a tricky one. I was gonna get back to. The thing we were talking about before and um, the whole mental health thing and all the people in Australia with, uh, just say, depression, anxiety in males and in females. And there's a thing that I think it's just like the, the light that gets shone, on it, shone onto it isn't quite bright enough. And, I, yeah. and for example, like we, we mentioned COVID before and I just want to like take you back. Do you remember each day during the pandemic you'd wake up in the morning you turn on the news and be like, this many cases in this many yeah, spots yeah. and this many deaths. Like, imagine if every day you woke up and they actually put on the news, okay, this many people have died of suicides. This was the age bracket. Okay, so, like, they had 10 kids between 15 and, and 20 died. They had this many, like, male and female, everything. And, like, okay, like, these are the... Like, imagine if we had that every day. This many people died of obesity. And, like, and the thing is, like, COVID showed you that if you want to put that amount of effort into media to... to shone light on a problem you can do it like so easily and i feel like that's something in australia well something around the world, around o- the world for sure. honestly that it's like what what would be the uh, the flow and effect or ripple effect from actually putting things that affect us directly like that mm. on the news in a way that you can actually see numbers because mm. I, I listened to a podcast with um was it Clint um, Kimmins? I think. Do you know him? Uh, Ex surfer. He was on the Good Humans podcast. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Yeah. And he was talking about how near Bondi, because he was um, Bondi rescue, and he said, "I think four people a week jump off the cri- uh, cliffs there." You don't even hear about it. And yet. you don't hear about it. Yeah, wow. And it's so funny. They have a TV series based Bondi rescue, and there's four people getting pulled out of the ocean every week, and it's just like, no, nah, that's not good TV. We don't need to like. We don't need to see that. I'm like, how, how like it's like it's like, why are we hiding? It's like we can't. We can't. It's like oh, okay, we can we can put this in, but that's that's too much. We can't put that in. It's, like, it's such a serious issue that's right in front of us that just gets like swept under the rug because it's too like what it's like. It's 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 not good for TV. It's too dark. It's what like it's like it's it's more real than any of the other shit. I just think it doesn't sell. <laughs> yeah honest like i think there's probably people in the media industry that think it doesn't make money well yeah because of like this is interesting we 
because of the lack of guilt that the money makers have. Mm. They're just going, well, fuck, it doesn't make money. Well, that's and what it comes back to. people who are in, like, for example, level six who want to spread and share that stuff mm. won't make it a business and won't put money into spreading that awareness. And so, obviously, the people with the more money are going to influence the system more. Mm. So, it's like the people with the more money are just going to influence the system more. Like... Well, that's the sad thing is we... I think you're right, though. Like, the, 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 the effect would be huge. The effect would be enormous. It'd be put in your face every day. For sure. It's like, imagine being like, oh, shit, like, damn, you'd feel so connected to go outside and want to, like, spread love, knowing that, you know, all the neighbours on the street had probably woken up and seen the same thing on TV. You'd want to walk outside and almost give your neighbour a hug and be like, fuck, yeah. man, hey, hold your loved ones close, hope you're okay. I saw that news. Yeah, terrible, mate. Yeah, it's all good. Well... You know, head up today, mate. Hope you have a good day. Reach out if you need it. Yeah. You know, like I think that sort of culture could be really, really positive to have. And I think there's a, there is a big push for that. That, yeah. Well, that's probably a big reason why um, men don't reach out. Mm. Like they, they kind of bottle it up and then will commit suicide or yeah. will do something like that because they, they, they are like they don't feel like they can talk about it. It's interesting as well because like look at how it's manifested down. Like, it's like if the media and the greater powers won't talk about it, what makes you think on an individual level that you're going to want to talk about it? Yeah, exactly. Whereas if, like, the whole world talked about it, you'd feel like you could openly talk about it and share and talk with everyone, but you, we don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, exactly. And I've noticed when talking about certain stories in, in my past, how kind of planting the seed mm. in someone else's mind to talk about it will open them up to the idea of it but they need someone to give them that push to mm. then do it mm. and like if like a, obviously a news corporation or something could push that but like you said before like they don't the news doesn't or like big business or whatever they don't want no. smart healthy people no. they want they want dumb unhealthy people because yes. they're going to be more willing to follow the shit that they're pushing Absolutely. and spend the money they want them to spend. But it's not what the media is pushing. The media is pushing what the people above government and above big business are pushing. There are, like, huge, huge business corporations that are run by, like, an elite group of probably 150 people that run the world, and I believe they are the people who are running the the biggest, biggest businesses, and they are in control of the governments. The governments are just... The governments are pawns. Mm. Like, the people who are the workers are below the government. The governments are below the big business. The, if you have money, like, a lot of money, you can mm. bend the government. Well, You're you more see, powerful than the government. Did you see the World Health Organization came out with, like, a chart of, like, what was healthy? Because I think they just got brought out yep. by, like, Coke or Pepsi or something. Uh, was that the one um, that they put out to America? Yeah, it was, like, and it chocolate was, and, yep. like... Bullshit. Ground beef was yep. apparently the worst thing on the menu. Ground beef. Just it. Ground beef. Just <laughs> beef. Just... Mulched, well, like, like mints. It was like chocolate covered, like yeah, nuts and it was like, just like che- like 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 Cheerios or some fucking breakfast cereal. Yeah, was like way up there. It was just like this is. <laughs> have you se- have you seen Idiocracy the movie? No. Oh, no. I highly recommend anyone to watch. It's it's kind of it was uh, the movie came out back in two thousand and six. Yeah, and it pretty much the whole idea is this guy gets frozen um in in like this capsule thing and he comes yeah. back and I think it's like. 500 years or something in America yeah, yeah, yeah. and just America's just turned to absolute shit yeah, wow. which is like and it's funny because like the president's like an ex-wrestler or something and yeah. it's like all this stuff and they're just like they're putting Gatorade on their plants because they think yeah. it's better for it because it's got electrolytes just shit like that oh and it all seems like a joke but this was in 2006 yeah. and you see some of the shit that's going on over there and you're like this <laughs> is not kind of like yeah. And, that, and that's happened in such a short time. Like, I would not be surprised if The Rock became president. Yeah, 
Yeah, like that, and like, would you be surprised yeah. at this point? I mean, I'd be I, I personally, I'd be very, I would be pretty surprised if you can. I would be surprised more than I would be not surprised. You know what I mean? Really? Like, I wouldn't be shocked. I would not. Really? Nothing. I nah. think I think I would be. I think I would be pretty surprised if he became the president. I'd be like, if he became the president, that would be the the line for me to go. Oh yeah, we're we're def- now we're fucked. Like yeah. now now it's there's no coming back from this. If he became the president, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got a lot of power. Does he run for president? I think he said somewhere. Not he's like. I think he put out a while ago. Like eventually, nah, he that, wants to run. Was, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. What would be better, Kanye or? <laughs> well, it's, imagine that it's the Rock and Kanye oh, running for president. Oh, I actually think Kanye would be a better president than the Rock. <laughs> I actually think Kanye yeah. would be Kanye would be like another Trump. He would just talk so much shit and just. I reckon he would spill the absolute beans. Oh, he'd get the sit. Yeah, I reckon people think Kanye is crazy, but I reckon he just knows a fuckload about a lot. Yeah, I just reckon. It would be interesting. You imagine the group chats you'd have going on. Like imagine, like imagine the memes. Oh, fuck. But that's like I feel like that's the like I feel like if aliens come down and saw us, they probably have been coming down and looking at I us and being like, "Aliens are already here, interfering with everything." I reckon they're just coming down looking at us like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" Like, I reckon aliens are the ones that are like manipulating a lot of what's happening. Yeah, okay. for sure, hundred percent. I know it's like. I think I've just dived into some rabbit holes and had some experiences <laughs> in my own life that have just made me believe that, yeah, this we're not living in just some purely 3D realm and there are absolutely interferences from higher places and higher sources. Like, above those 150 top men in the world, I reckon there is forces for sure. Something you know what down. I mean? Yeah. Well, like, if we believe in a god, we believe, you know, a lot of the world believes that there's a god. It's the higher power. But we believe that, what, there's just these humans on this 3D realm, and then this overseeing all-dimensional God that can power everything. What, we think that's the next jump? Fuck no. Mm. There's so, And if that's a living thing, the God, mm. you know what I mean? There must be this, all these things that level up. Like, if we look at, like, ourselves and then, like, look at a dog, like, we're so much more intellectual than a dog, but, like, you know, there's, you know, we're still on the same plane, and then you mm. keep going down all the way to like ants and little microscopic insects. What we think that it just goes us then God. Yeah. No way. Yeah. There's Not got... a chance. And I reckon they're here. Well, have you seen the stuff that they got? Like, um, I think the CIA was releasing stuff, like the objects that just move. Bro, look up, look up, um, Bob Lazar, and um, I think I've heard of it. Yeah. But... Look up Bob Lazar and Joe Rogan. That is the most interesting intense interview that i've heard him do and Mm. he talks about when he was 22 he was this crazy scientist driving to university with this jet powered car this loud as car that he put a jet in the back of and he was just like this crazy scientist sort of kid he gets approached by this group of people who were like hey we want you to come and work on this project it's six months you can't tell your wife you can't tell anyone and basically he works on this project and just completely spills the beans on the whole thing and his whole life He's been chasing, being chased by, like, everyone trying to shut him down. He's been, all his um, records have been erased from the university he was at, the school he was at, everything. Um, And he just talks about going and working in this place very close to Area 51 and all these, like, inventions that, like, he had never... Like, one of the things he saw was this orb that floated, but whenever you put your hand close to it, it would push your hand away. Like, magnets are going against each other, but Mm. it was like it was being magnetised against his hand and when put inside this big machine it would make the whole machine float and he he talks about these test runs in these big sources and him remembering seeing 10 different 
vehicles all looking different, all lined up because one day all the gates came up and he saw that he wasn't he he was in a team of one other person. He thought he was just working on the ship with one other guy for six months by himself. Mm. And he couldn't talk to anyone else about it. The only person he could talk with was that one guy because they wanted the information to stay between the two people. Yeah. One day all these gates came up and he realised there was like ten other machines. Mm. And, you know, it's just this whole story about him working on this space and all the evidence that points towards it and there's this whole book written about it and it's pretty incredible yeah it's yeah it's very cool so i'm a big believer in that stuff this stuff yeah i i 100 agree like it's something else out there yeah for and sure. they're trying to cover up stuff but it's just yeah yeah yeah, yeah i agree and yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting like when but then even okay so even just say the the u.s came out and said hey yeah there's aliens we found them. Yeah. Here they are. Mm. Like, where do you go from there, though? That's the thing. It's I like think it's it's very intentional, the, the, the reason why the information's being hidden, and I don't believe that... Bring this up a little bit. Oh, yeah. A bit more. Historic. I don't believe that there you go. putting it out to everyone is necessarily going to make, you know, things better. You know what I mean? Like, if you're just... Well, it wouldn't really change anything. If you knew there was aliens out there, would that really change how you lived your life in any way? It's not, yeah, maybe not on an individual level how I would, but in terms of the power of the world, because when the information, it's it's probably easier for them right now to keep it hush hush. Like I just imagine that if I had like a family of five kids and me and my wife had found some gun in the backyard, my kids know guns are dangerous for whatever reason. They know guns are dangerous, and then all of a sudden I bring this gun inside. I'm like, kids, we found a gun in the backyard. It's like they would freak out. They're not gonna. They can't do anything with the gun. But like, I don't know if, if my kids would feel safe. Or I think there is a reason, a time and place to withhold information. Whether or not I necessarily agree with the intentions behind doing that, I don't know if sharing all that information would be the best possible reason. And maybe this thought in my head is a greater manifestation of what's going on. I'm not sure. But I personally, I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing. I think you can try and contact these things yourself if you want. What do you, how do you mean? Like, I think you can contact aliens for sure. <laughs> how so? Fuck yeah, bro. I reckon you can for sure. I, when, I, when I was like 20 years old, I was like experimenting with shit. And I remember looking up one night, trying to like contact and there are all these websites on, like, literally how you can, like, call in and contact these things and stuff like that. And I started messing around on this one page and, like, practicing these things and saying these things and having this sort of energy within myself. Anyway, I don't know if it was that night or not very close to there. I woke up in the middle of the night, almost like in a lucid dream, completely, like, stuck to my bed, like a paralysis dream sort of thing, mm. completely stuck to my bed. And I opened my eyes and there was this purple haze in the room and it was so loud, and it was this voice saying, I hate aliens. But it was so loud, like like the neighbours would have heard it from my room. Like, it was so loud. And then it said it a few times, and then I woke up, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, it, like let go of me, the purple haze was gone, let go of me. And then I ran out, and I was, like, talking to my brothers, and my mum was like, what the fuck, what the fuck? And then everyone woke up, they're like, what is wrong? And I was like, did you not hear that? They were like, no. And I was, like, freaking out, and I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> And I don't know whether that was my unconscious mind playing a trick on me or what, but, dude, I swear, like, 
after that, I was like, I don't think I want to contact that again. Yeah. Like, I remember genuinely feeling like that. But, yeah, if you look, like... Do you reckon that was a bit of manifestation into, like... Could be. Thinking about it and could then just be, creating then, it in your like, subconscious. If you, if you go and dig online and you just look in, like, alien contacts and stuff like that, like, I don't know. I think you can either choose to believe it or not to believe it, but, yeah, I reckon it's real for Summer's sure. Summer's out there, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Something's here, I reckon. Oh, already here, yeah. I reckon something's here for sure. You know, I probably sound like a loony to some people, but like at the end of the day, man, like if I bring myself back, you just in don't and, know. And gr- I think like I'm so grounded in mm. this life, like I don't really like if it's a belief that I have, like oh well, you mm. know, it's either going to find out one day or I won't. But mm. I'm more grounded and interested in my like physical life here on Earth than all this stuff anyway. It's just kind of fun to talk about. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It doesn't control you. Yeah, you're, no, you're no. not making decisions. You're not making a bunker no. at your house no, and no, going no. like a full like doomsday prepper when aliens no. get here. It's just like no. you think it, but it doesn't really change how no, you actually live your it, life. It holds such a minimal effect over like the decisions that I make in my life that like I'm like. It's just kind of like a fun topic to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so totally. I don't really worry about it too much. I've just had some weird experiences. <laughs> I've just had some weird experiences, yeah. yeah. Um, talking about weird experiences, we didn't touch on this before, but you're saying when you were working with your five oh, different yeah. jobs and one of them was at what, Magic, Magic, yeah, Magic Men? Men. Where's that in Brisbane? In Brisbane, yeah. So how did, how did that all come about? My mate had a gig there and he's a bodybuilder and he... How did he get this gig? I can't remember. I think he was doing a photo shoot and then he got invited to come and do this gig um, at this Magic Men show. And all he had to do was just topless waitering and basically go around and flirt with the girls and dance on them and, you know, do that sort of stuff. And then there was the actual performers. And, yeah, he was doing it and I think he was just a bit nervous and he did it once or twice and then he went to a few, like, hens nights and things like that. And he's like, oh, bro, you should come. I've got an off. Oh, no, he calls me up one day and I just finished with the kids and he goes, oh, I've got an opportunity for you. And I've gone, oh, please don't tell me. He's like, yep, yep, what are you doing this weekend? What do you want to, what are you doing? Want to come? And I've gone, bro, no. And I was so nervous. I was so nervous. And I was like, yeah, okay, 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 we'll do it. So we got ready that Saturday. Then we went up there and we get there. And it was just this, yeah, this nightclub with all these seats, like, splayed out towards the stage. And I basically get there and we're all in this back room and there's all these, like, you know, real built men, and here I am, like, I was the smallest guy there for sure, and I just remember thinking, what the fuck am I doing here, these nice dress pants, nice shoes, bow tie, no shirt, you know, <laughs> I was looking, I was looking all right, but I wasn't like, some of these guys were just built, and yeah. I was just sitting there thinking, what the fuck am I doing, and then all the guys, big smiles in their face, yeah, yeah, see you out there, boys, all right, yeah, cool, <laughs> walk out there, I walk out, women everywhere, I learned very quickly Women have no idea who you are. They just think that you're a professional topless waiter. So they treat you like you're famous. Like it was so interesting, bro. Like I went out there and I was so nervous. And I just remember them saying like, all right, get to work. And I was like, what the fuck do I do? And my mate was just like, just have fun. And I was like, that's it. He said, just have fun. Take some food around. Take some drinks around. Just have fun. I was like, done. So like I just remember thinking three, two, one, go. And I just jumped in and I just had as much fun as I possibly could. And I just remember really just, yeah, just complimenting heaps of girls and then just, you know, picking girls up and taking photos with them and just mucking around and, you know, dancing with girls. And, yeah, there was a bit of cheekiness in there for sure, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it, was, it was almost unlimited to what we could do with them. Like, we would be able to pick them up and put them on a table and throw them around and that sort of stuff, like... 
They're all for it. They're just... 100%. Yeah. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, they are going there to have fun and hopefully get the attention of one of the topless waiters. Yeah. And there was, like, hundreds of black women there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, looking at you all night. And it was just so funny. And, oh, the, I think the best story, the best story I ever had, and this is just, like, the dumbest thing, bro. I finished one night at the... Um, at Brisbane, and I drove home to start my shift for the next day at the gelato shop in, in on, on a Sunday, and I didn't have my clothes, so I just had to go in what I was wearing the night before, and I had these nice dress pants, this really nice shirt, you know, arms popping out the side. Yeah. Anyway, I get there in the morning, and I just still had the same energy, I think, because I was just so chuffed. Like, I had such a transformation. I was just so chuffed with myself, and this family of, like, six come around, the mum, the dad, and the four kids, you know what I mean? And the we're serving them ice cream and like, what do you do? You look like a dancer. And I was like, oh, it's interesting. I'm not a dancer, but I'm close. I'm actually a male performer. And they were like, really? No way. That's so crazy. And the mum was like real flirting with me. Like the mum in front of the fucking dad was just flirting with me hard. And the mum goes, oh, yeah, no way. You're Oh, well, come on then, show us how you do it. And I literally, bro, started unbuttoning my T-shirt in the gelato shirt. Kids were there, the dad was there. I grabbed her hand, I was like, yeah, and I put it on my body and I was like, yeah, like rubbing it down me. And she was like, oh my God, and she's like, like kind of freaking out. And the kids are going, oh, mom, no, like being like, no. And then I was just like, yeah, like, I don't know, bro, I don't know what came over me. And then... Um, they paid and the dad was just watching like kind of like smiling like it was real weird anyway they sort of paid for the thing and she was like oh my god and I think the mum looked at the dad and go oh, I'm ready for later now or something like that they walked oh, off man. bro about half an hour the dad comes back like walks over quite fast later yeah. the dad walks back over and he comes over and he's like what you did to my wife before that was great. Do you have a card? Can we like hire you for a private service or something like that? And I was just like, oh my fucking God, bro. Like I was like, dude, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Here's my number. Here's my thing. I didn't give my actual number. I was a bit like scared. I was like, yeah, yeah, all good. Hit me up. But that was probably like oh, the weird, bro, in the middle in of this. In front of the kids. In well. Tweed City, bro. Like in the middle of Tweed City. Like I don't, like it gives me like. Shakes oh, thinking about it again, hey. That is that is hilarious. That was the funniest thing ever. Just I so love how he comes back over, like storms over, but yeah. he's just like, yeah, you've got details. Yeah, he's like, come on, um, you got any more of that? Yeah. Oh man, what's that it? Was co- what's it called when just you're into your partner hooking up with other guys? It's like a oh, I don't know, cucking. Cucking, yeah, yeah cuckold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's cuckold. <laughs> yeah, cuckold. He's cucking it. Oh man, the fact that the. Um, yeah, the, uh, the the kids were there. I think that just adds even more to it. Oh, bro! I just remember the kids like laughing, almost being like, "Mom, no, no!" <laughs> like, yeah, Dad's just like, "Yeah, I'm <laughs> getting it later." <laughs> bro, it was interesting though. I just don't like. I would. That is so not me to do. And yeah. I just it just came over me. I was just like, "Yeah." You no. just had that. Had that. Oh well, I guess it's like you know when you wear clothes, you get a lot of power from yeah. clothes. Like yeah, yeah, I. Yeah. I brought this suit once and I remember wearing it and I just felt so much more confident yeah. in this suit. Yeah. And I was just like, that's crazy. And then people even treated me differently. Yeah. Like I was in an airport and you just could tell like the, like the stewardesses or people like they 
I like know exactly it's what a you different mean. feel and then it like that adds to it and mm. i think it's like it's good to get power out of clothes because it's like you you're playing that character i was literally thinking that before i came here like i used to not dress up all the time and now i kind of like i kind of like because I, f- I feel better yeah yeah i know what you mean you do people look at you differently especially a good suit mm. like you're on that plane people would have been looking at you like i wonder what he does what is, yeah, yeah <laughs> what's he do like oh, i wonder he looks like he's important yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, feel yeah, that yeah. energy yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. it's yeah, a good I, feeling i um i remember i got really dressed up once for no reason in yeah. particular and someone one of my friends had messaged me and they're like why are you so dressed up? And yeah. I was like, I don't need a reason to look good. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm not trying to say that in an arrogant way, but like, no why, way. Do, why do you need a reason? Like, 100%. And I thought, I had this real like epiphany when we buy all these nice clothes and we never wear them mm. because they're too nice. Mm. And I was like, how stupid is that? Mm. I like, had these pants and I brought, they're only, like, they're not even expensive, they're probably like $150, $200 pants. Yeah. And I never wore them because they were too nice. And I was like, I'm going to go through my entire life and wear those pants twice. And yeah. they're the most expensive things I ever fucking broad yeah, yeah, yeah. so then i just started wearing all my nice shit and yeah. i think it's good man it's like you should wear it out 100%. like wear it like wear it out until you're like all right i got i got good use good out yeah, of that. yeah yeah i yeah. agree instead yeah. of just and i think we do that i used to be like that with all like i used to save my nice clothes for nice occasions it was like why, why can't every occasion be a nice occasion yeah you know and then people start to look at you and see you differently as well because mm. it's like that's your new identity it's like i always go out like this now mm. yeah i think it's good to balance it as well like i mm. feel like i'll be the not wearing shoes be a hippie in the forest <laughs> dancing around one day and then the next i'll wear um, a, i love that i'll wear a suit and be in like some yeah, high-end yeah, thing yeah, yeah. i think it's just like i like the contrast of yeah, both yeah, i think yeah. we need that yeah i agree i don't think you go want to some big fat bush doof and then you know the next day you're like we suited up. Yeah. No, and enjoy I, enjoy both of those things for different yeah, reasons. For sure. Because sure. I think we get so put in this idea and it comes back to the whole people put you in boxes. Mm. I think people want to see you in a certain box because that makes sense. And then you yeah. kind of in turn makes them feel comfortable. Yeah, and then mm. you and then you conform to that idea of how they view you. Yeah. So it makes it's them like feel better about themselves. Exactly. And that mm. comes back to the whole your friend that ended up being gay because everyone said he was gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like... Just thinking, yeah. If you're around people that always say you're a certain thing, then you kind of go into that Mm. where it's like if you actually listen to yourself and what you want to do and then not what everyone else says you should do or thinks you should do, you will actually do the stuff you want. Yeah, exactly. And it's much healthier and much more freeing to be in that way. I agree, I agree. Or even like just being around people who are open-minded enough to Mm. understand or look at the world differently and not hold such a projection on people. Always like that open learning mindset. Mm. Yeah, real interesting, eh? And people that accept you for being who you are and don't try and put like shackles or ceilings on you, Mm. I think that's a powerful thing. And being around people that if you don't see them for a certain amount of time, don't say like, where have you been? Yes. Like that's, I can't, I can't deal with it. As soon as someone, if I don't see someone for a while and the first thing they say when I see them is like, where have you been in a negative, like, context oh really yeah right i'll be like um i've never actually had that i thought you were talking about like when you yeah 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 what, well, no what like you, where have you been but there's like oh why haven't you messaged me or why haven't you done this or like they put this okay exp- actually yeah, i do know what you're talking about you know what yeah. i mean like there's yep, yep, like an yep. ex- expectation on like that you have to show up in their lives or yeah. something like that instead yeah. of being like how's it been yeah exactly. like, what's been going on tell me about what's been happening yeah yeah i yeah, yeah, i yeah, yeah. Be, don't be like those people are they're like <laughs> they're so draining mm. they, they will suck the life out of you yeah. and try and bring you to a place where they because a lot of the time it's just people that don't have excitement in their life so they need to get it from other people yeah. and I feel like I'm a person that I need to be around new people constantly mm. and need to be on some kind of invention no matter what that is Yeah. and the good people in your life 
will just want to hear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah, won't care yeah. if you haven't seen it for two months, three months, a year, two years, five mm. years. Who, who, who cares? Mm. Doesn't the amount of time doesn't matter. But they're just happy to see you living life. And that's when I'm around people that I, I do love and that I want to see. But if I, if I don't talk to them for a while, I'm happy because I'm like, you're living life. Yeah, for sure. You're not just talking to someone online or via yeah, sure. text or whatever. For sure. But I think, yeah, you've you got to be careful who you give your time to yeah, and 100%. how much of it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. And that's a tricky one as well. Mm. You know? That's a real tricky one as well. I think, I think a thing that I've learned now is when you've, got, when you've got good news or when you've got something really positive that makes you feel good, mm. look at how people react when you tell them. I learned this, my, my, my mates have been talking about this a lot and it's like friends are the people who you can feel good telling good news to, mm. you know, like because they're like, dude, that's epic because you don't ever want to feel like you tell good news to someone and they're just like, oh, damn, well, this is only happening for me or, you know, it's like mm. changed, makes them feel bad about themselves or makes them feel not good, you know, that's not a real friend, that's not someone you can rely on. No. Yeah. Or they almost want to one-up you in a way. Yeah, that's another. Sure. That's another big mm. thing that I've noticed. Whenever I'll tell someone like, oh, man, like this is going really well for me. This just happened. They're like, oh, sick. Yeah, I had a similar thing when I did. And then they like, yeah, they yeah, shift yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. like this, like they need to one-up you in a certain yeah, way. And yeah, I don't even yeah. think they really notice they're doing it mm. when they do it. I don't think it's intentional. I think it's almost become subconscious that it's like, it's almost this like, status game where it's like, it's like i need yeah. to be on the same level as you yeah it comes from like a real insecurity when it's like I, th- I wish those people would realize that they got selected to be a friend for a different reason maybe not like because like they had to be something i think some people are just genuinely loved and appreciated because of who they are like if i'm telling you something that like is going great in my life I don't need you to be up there with me, man. Like, I like you as a person. Like, mm-hmm. I, if you have something great going on for you, that's so good. I'm so happy for you. But, like, you don't need to... Yeah, you don't need to be up at, my, at like, the same status if you feel like you're not or mm-hmm. something like that. I totally get that, you know? Yeah, I think it's just insecurity. I think it's, like, sometimes I think, like, it's almost like the fear of abandonment, maybe. Like, it's like, oh, if this person gets too much better than me, they're going to leave me. Yeah, I can see like that. that. I you can know, see it's that. like, oh, they're just going to think I'm not good enough. I have to be good enough yeah. for them, you know? Yeah, yeah that comes back to the whole thing, get better, not bitter. Like, do oh, more. Oh, I love that. I've never heard that before. Haven't heard that one? No, yeah. get better, not bitter. Yeah. Isn't that good? I, that's, I actually love that. Yeah. So I actually really like that. I think a lot of people, like you said, they, they get bitter because I think they, they feel abandoned. Yeah. Which is like, it's like, a, it's... You understand it. Like, I understand mm. where it was coming from, especially small town, because I think yeah. small town, you see a lot of people get married, get kids, settle yeah. down, and then a lot of other people in that tight friendship group move away and mm. change. Mm. And I guess people that stay, there's some resentment there because they've chosen this life, which is, const- like, I'm not saying it's not a good life. Mm. Like, you have the best life staying where you've, where you've grown mm-hmm. up and who you're with, but I think the grass is always going to look greener in a certain way. And if you see someone that's exploring the world and going out and doing all these amazing things like i'm sure there's a bit of resentment and a bit of bitterness yeah. kind of like sewed into that yeah for sure it's a hard thing i guess for some people to like navigate through and yeah. i guess yeah <laughs> i agree I think that's a tough one mm. that's good man all right i've got a few more questions before we wrap it up so i've got the three I, well i've actually got four now um <laughs> I've, I've had another one nice. um so i got the three questions that i always ask people before i finish up so if you could go back in your life and change something or do something differently what would that what would that one thing be 
Mm. And I know a lot of people, when I ask this question, they say they wouldn't want to change anything because they love like where they are now. But like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, but like I would read more books. I would do this. Like, there's if there's something you could you could go back to younger self and go put more energy into this. It has. I think it had something to do with like going back. Like, if I could be. A gymnast again and just train way harder like if I if I was way way more involved in the discipline of gymnastics I reckon I think it's not about going and becoming an Olympian or anything like that I think it was just the thought of I wish I had been not harder on myself, but I had more belief that I could become stronger in what I was doing and what I was learning for sure. Because I think I have got so much confidence in my life from what gymnastics gave me. And I think that if I trained even harder and I knew how to train harder, then like I'd be way further than what I am right now. Mm. Yeah. For sure. So just a bit more discipline and a bit more, more discipline. structure and just yeah, drive. More dis- yeah, more discipline, more drive for sure. I think like that because at a young age that was my thing that was my first thing that Mm. I was like really going for and I think um yeah that would have manifested in my life in different ways if I'd gone more into that for sure but you were saying that it was a bit of like self-doubt about where you thought it could go yeah absolutely for sure that's why I think like I would have wanted to work through that like train so hard that I could get through that and be like no I can do this for sure think how many dreams self-doubt has destroyed destroyed. yeah I agree yeah (laughs) I agree. So many people you see, I'm like, you have everything going for you yeah. besides the story that you're telling yourself. Yep. That's the only thing here that's not not lining up with everything else. You're fit, mm. you're healthy, you're in the right place, you've got the right people around you. But that story you keep telling yourself just keeps sinking that ship. It takes time away from people for sure. Oh, It takes time away. I think it's a big waste of time and energy. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. All right, next one. Next one. What are you scared of? I think I'm scared of not becoming the best I can be. I think I'm scared of resenting my life. I think I'm scared of looking back and going, fuck, I didn't do that. That's probably my biggest fear. So it's like I Unfulfilled sort of, potential. Yeah, potential and unfulfilled. Like potential is not as big, but it, like, like if I don't reach the potential I want, it's, that's not as bad as at least doing the decisions that I wanted. Because, like, potential, you know, like, potential is potential. Potential is not confirmed, mm. but at least decisions can be You want to go after Choices, it. Yeah. yeah. Like, at least make all the choices I wanted to make. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and put 100% into those yeah. things. which I suppose is really potential still, too. Anyway. In a sense, but I get what yeah. you're saying. It's like, you might not reach your full potential. Yeah. But at least you tick the boxes. Yeah, you might not ch- reach the vision that you might have had in your head, but at least you'd go and, well, fuck, I gave it the best crack I did and I did those things I said I was going to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I get that. Yeah. yeah, so it's not like you... Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how do you want to be remembered? I just want to be remembered as someone who was very like obviously ho- like wholesome and integrated you know what i mean like reached at some point of his life the heights of everything in his life you know he was a great loving person it's interesting man like if i'm an old man and i'm dying my family's around me i want my family to look at me and be like i'm so great that 
he did what he did because now he's gonna he's inspired all of us to go and live our best life you know what i mean like he didn't leave any chips on the table Mm. he really went all out and regardless of if i've got some big successful material thing or not they still look at me the same way going no he lived his life Mm. he he put it all out there you know like we look up to this man like this man holds a value in us yeah yeah, like sure. leading by a positive example. I don't need, like, to, it's not necessarily, like, I would love to have a, f- a materialistic legacy for sure, but if I don't have that, they still look at me and go, this man, li- like, lived his life mm. for sure. This man really, you know. Something to be proud of. Yeah, like, like wow, I'm so glad that this man was part of our family. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It was funny, My I was with my coach the other day mm. and – I was telling him how we're doing like these film projects and all yeah. this stuff and he just looked at me and he's like, you're going to be like the coolest grandpa. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I was like, what do you mean? He's just like, well, when you're old, like imagine your kids looking back at all this yeah. stuff you're doing. I was like, I never really thought about that. Mm. But I was like, that would be cool like yeah. to say you've done all this stuff and like be able to be content when you're at that, like when you're 80 or 90 or you're in there and you're like, I lived a pretty cool life yeah. and I helped a lot of people yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's something to be proud of and you can yeah. just sit there and be like, kind of just sit in that and be like, yeah, I'm good to go out now. <laughs> I've mm-hmm. done what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a feeling of satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you're like, this is all played out yeah. how, I w- uh, how I'm glad it did. Yeah, 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 for sure. And the last one, so I've got kind of, so what I've done, I kind of stole this off. I don't know who I stole this off. It's like I think another podcast I listen to, but they get the last guest to ask the next guest a question oh, nice. that then I'll ask you. So my last guest I had on, his question was, if you could only eat, the same thing, like if you had three meals a day and you only had to eat the same thing every single day for the rest of your life, what do you reckon you would choose? Well, for the same three meals. No, no. So it's like you eat, breakfast is going to be a separate meal and then lunch yeah, and yeah, dinner. Yeah, yeah. So, but you, uh, every day you've got to eat the same. Yeah. Oh, mate. What a great question. <laughs> oh, fuck you, whoever asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Wow. What a good one. I reckon I'd have to have enchiladas for dinner every night. Yeah. Enchiladas for dinner every night, no problem. Oh, what do I want for brekkie? <laughs> Dude, brekkie's interesting, eh? What would I have for brekkie? What do I have for brekkie more than I have? I was going to say, what do you have the most at the moment? Yeah. Because I feel like that would just be the... I think, like, to be able to have, like, a steak and then, like, avocado and then cherry tomatoes on toast... Yeah. That would be pretty deep. Yeah, you can kind of mix. Because it's going to yeah. say, if you don't want to have the steak, you just have the cherry tomatoes. Exactly. Just throw the steak out. Yeah. That's all good. Yeah. Um, and then lunchtime. Honestly, I just think, oh, wow, that's so tough. Man, this <laughs> shit, that sucks as a question. Yeah. Fucking hell. Um, is this? Well, you've got the opportunity to ask the next one as well. So <laughs> you can ask a better one, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking maybe like, honestly, like a really good, a really good sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. A really good just sandwich. Stack, just yeah. every, everything. Oh, just a great sandwich with with um, beetroot and maybe some pineapple and a good just beef every, patty yeah. on it. Like a good hamburger sandwich yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Just loaded. Yeah, that'd be decent. Yeah. yeah that'd I be like great. That. Yeah. So now the last question is, what do you want me to ask the next guest? Oh. And apparently... <laughs> i got a good one. This is one that I, I found always got me... Um, what is one thing in your life right now that you know that you're pretending not to know? 
Oh, I like that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, what's something you're hiding from in a yeah, way? Yeah, what's something you know that you're pretending not to know? That's a good one for someone that's in a toxic relationship. Yeah, bro, it's <laughs> like, sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> Got yeah, something about that one. I know it sucks. I've been that before where I've been in a toxic relationship and you know it sucks. Yeah. And everyone around you know it's, knows it sucks and you're just like, just going to hold on to that for yeah. a little bit longer until it really just fucks everything up. Yeah, for sure. And then you're like forced to make a decision and it's like, oh, well. I really had to make that one, didn't I? Have you got anything in your life right now that... I think the biggest thing for me is just, like, I keep doing things... I keep not doing things that I know are hard. Mm. Like, I run away from... Like, I, I did a half marathon on Saturday, and a week before that, I did another half marathon. And I hadn't done a half marathon in so long. And I got off a phone call from a mentor, and he was like, mate, the reason... And he's very successful. He said, the reason I'm so successful... And this is after a big conversation. I was asking him, like, why? What is it? You know, and he's like, honestly, I do all the things every single day that are really hard to do. Mm. And most people don't do that. And then we had a big chat and, you know, my partner was finishing work in a couple of hours and I've gone, fuck, what do I not want to do? A half marathon. So I went and I ran a half marathon. And then a week later, which was on Saturday, I did it again. And it's like the whole week has just been like, I've been realising how much more I've got in the tank mm. that I'm leaving on the table. So it was just like running away from that potential has been a real big hard thing for me. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I've been pretending. Because it's easier. Yeah. It's easier to not do that. You know what I mean? I think ice baths for me were like, that, was, that opened my eyes oh, to yeah. the whole like, that's going to always suck. Yeah. And it's always just going to be there. Yeah. And it's like... You either hop in or you don't. Yeah. But then as soon as you do and you get out, you're like, all right, I overcome that little yeah. battle in my own mind. Yeah. So then the next thing that comes up that's like kind of hard, I think that's the biggest thing about just absolutely wrecking yourself in a physical activity is because it makes all the other shit just seem easier. a little bit easier. Yeah. It's like relationships, friendships, I work, agree. everything. It's like I if agree. you've just got up and got after it to the I point agree. where you're like dying. I agree. The rest of your day seems so I easy. I so agree, bro. Yeah. I so agree. So I think it's like you got to let like, it's honestly, so it's falling a lot. Falling in love with suffering is probably one of the most powerful things a person can do. I totally agree, man. I think the more that you can do the things are hard and like almost like falling in love with the feeling of fear, because mm. like when you understand that the fear is always the gateway to that great thing happening on the mm. other side, that's exactly the, like the point in your life when things can really start taking momentum. Mm. Because then it's like. Fuck, what else can I do? What else can I achieve? What else am I scared of? Oh, maybe I need to reach out to my dad. I'm scared to do that. Maybe I need to talk to this girl. Maybe I need to ask for this job interview. It's so scary, but it's like you're only going to grow on the other side of it. You don't know how it's going to go. Exactly. So yeah. don't do it. The other side of fear is knowing. Exactly. And you don't want to die knowing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Oh, dude. We'll leave it at that then. Fuck yeah. All right, mate. Appreciate it. No, thanks for having me on. That was great. That was good? Yeah, cheers. Uh, easy, yeah. Oh, good. Oh. Oh, bro, I've been hanging on for a piss <laughs> for like an hour and a half. Oh, then you just...